0: This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, you too can join them. Specifically, it's brought to you by Jack, uh, who we personally want to thank for finally kicking us in the balls to play this game, uh, which is great. Uh, this is our first uh, part of our two-parter, possibly three-parter. We'll find out uh, about Disco Elysium. So enjoy. My name is Gary Butterfield.
1: My name is Cole Ross.
0: And listening to Watch Out for Fireballs, it is a Games Club podcast.
1: And this week we are talking about Disco Elysium, which is an RPG developed by Zaum for the PC in 2019.
0: And some say Elysium. Some say Elysium. Yeah. And we just had to get that out of the way right up front. I'm I'm going to say it as both. (laughs) Yeah. I'm definitely, I've never heard Elysium until you said it. Yeah. Cool. You know, and I don't think it's wrong. I think it's probably likely that I am the one who is wrong. So but it I, is a. I, I, you know.
1: I, I, I pronounce it that way because whenever people refer to it in the game, they, they, they called it that. I naturally mm-hmm. want to call it Elysium, and I probably will. But uh, this is the quickest we've ever gone off the rails on a pronunciation, bud.
0: That's not true. <laughs> I, I guarantee we've done it sooner than that. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so th- this is uh, welcome to August. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the first of our, t- our two-part uh, episode um, on this uh, this game that was produced by Jack. So mm-hmm. thank you very much, Jack. Uh, I had been personally putting off playing a, you know a game I really thought I would love because I knew we'd do it for the show someday, mm-hmm. and uh, it happened.
1: Yeah, um, so, thanks, yeah, thanks, Jack. To, thanks to Jack. Um, and this is amazing. I am really looking forward to talking about this in detail. Uh, because it yeah. gets so so much right.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is this is uh, so retroactively, you know. Yeah. My game of the year 2019. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll play something I like more than this this year. Yeah. Uh, that, that seems very unlikely with mm-hmm. the, with what's scheduled. Um. Yeah. This is so incredibly up my alley that it's uh. You can name the alley. Like after <laughs> me. Like what? What if people were just like nakedly inspired by the best video games of all time right uh, that also were the video <laughs> games that i love and then also uh some of my favorite like storytellers mm-hmm. and kind of uh writing and then just you know uh the like the charlie kaufman like there's maybe supernatural shit about but it's actually has tons of heart yeah tone is you know my favorite like tone mm-hmm. uh, or you know my favorite kind of tact things to take like this is so yeah. unreasonably up my up my dick,
1: yeah, like this, this is, is
0: sounding me with pleasure
1: <laughs> same, quality. same, i am so. being yeah i i i am i am being uh reamed out up the sound mm-hmm. by. Just all of that stuff, but also, God, fuck's sake! I'm not. Yeah, I'm gonna retract. Is this the Miami sound out.
0: machine? Because yeah, I've been <laughs> sound- yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's <laughs> also specifically
1: my shit because of the nature of the prose here, and also kind of like the philosophical and governmental concepts uh, and political yeah. concepts that are being explored uh, and stuff like that, and the the things that this is critical of, and the reason you know the the reasoning it gives for being critical. In in a very yeah. very humanistic way speaks specifically to my sensibility.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 real. It's very surreal how hard I vibed with this. And yeah, like I spent a year with people telling me I would, and I was never <laughs> like I never got to the like. You know, the, the, uh, what is it? Near automata. Like, every time you tell me I have to play this, I'm going to wait another year. Right, situation right. With this game. Cause it's like, I, it's like, no, you're right. Like, I'm sure you're right. But mm-hmm. nobody likes being told to play stuff. Like, even right. if, it, if it's well meaning, you know? Or maybe, maybe other people do like it. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this ended up being a rare case where, uh, the hype was not oversold to me.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: and I ended up, and part of it was I came into this with an expectation that was unrealistic because my, my spoiler filters were not, totally up okay where i thought this was going to be kind of more one thing than it ended up being it it, it was Uh, described
1: very strangely when people talked about it i felt the same way that the actual product that i have here like it it was not Mm -hmm. reflected in what people decided to emphasize
0: yeah very much and and especially in terms of that that kind of tone like i was expecting this to be a lot more cold Mm-hmm. uh than it is but i think that like one of the overwhelming feelings i get from this one of the reasons why this resonated with me so much is that it's like an incredibly warm work
3: mm-hmm.
0: um you know it you know shades of like hypno space right yeah, like yeah. these kind of things that are are surreal and have a detached sense of irony but at their core yeah. are incredibly like feely and soft hearted mm-hmm. which you know, also describes me on my best days. So yeah. like, of course, like I, you know, uh, ended up liking this. Uh, we should make a note about spoilers though, uh, before we continue because, yes. uh, all of this is going to be 100% pure spoiler mm-hmm. for this whole game.
1: Yeah. This game is basically all story. You know, there are going to be mechanics that we talk about here in the generalities at the start, but because we recommend this game so highly and because, I don't know. I would like for your um, journey with the game to be as similar to mine as possible. You might want to go in without some of the conclusions that I have drawn about, you know, what what happens here, right?
0: Well, not just the story stuff, even the mechanical stuff. Like, there yes. are a lot of very delightful surprises mm-hmm. that I am glad that I did not know about yes. in advance. So I would recommend uh, – and, you know, it's a weird thing that we – you know, podcasting is, like, the one medium where you constantly tell people not to listen to your show. <laughs> uh, you know? Like, I would recommend, though, playing the game first. Mm-hmm. Or if you decide you'll never play it. Yeah. Uh, then this, you know, and you like hearing people like stuff. Mm-hmm. This will be a fun episode for you. But if you think that you might play it, uh, just just grab nab it and, yeah. and, and go through.
1: Yeah. And, you know, at its core, or one of its cores, I guess, this is still a murder mystery. Like you don't find out until the very end who done it, right? Yeah. You know, and all of the little revelations along the way that point to that, like you're going to learn about them and ultimately they're not necessarily like super um necessary or you know or they 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 don't necessarily spoil like how act- how things actually went down, but still yes. you want to you want to be able to p- put those pieces together, you know, yourself along with the characters, right?
0: Yeah. Even if they ended up being you know, Disco Elysium's trick. Like, the, the thing that these... <laughs> the A lot of the stuff in the game is kind of set dressing. Like, that murder mm-hmm. mystery obviously plays into the theme. You know. um, the heavy political emphasis obviously plays into the themes. Mm-hmm. But I think this game is ultimately more... About uh, the same thing that one of its big influences about, Mm -hmm. uh, which is about like defining yourself in the backdrop of these dramatic human situations. Like what kind of person do you want to be Mm -hmm. in the face of all of this bigness?
1: Yeah, how much are you defined by a past that you're not aware of at the start but is unfolding before you? And how are you shaping yourself in reaction to it?
0: Yep, with just kind of a different you know set of of backdrop yeah. things that are more uh you know of of the time like a little bit more 2020 mm-hmm. um a little bit uh you know than than other games that kind of take this tact yeah um so the uh the the basic premise is you play as a uh, police detective who wakes up after this very long bender and your memory has been obliterated Um, ostensibly by drink, Mm -hmm. uh, could be by other stuff. You know, again, there are a lot of red herrings and there's ambiguities in this, Mm -hmm. um, but you do not have your memory or, you know, yeah. <laughs> Again, there's more, more on that later.
1: <laughs> more, more, more on that later. Yes. But, uh, broadly, uh, as this amnesiac detective, you kind of need to na- in, you know, navigate these intricate power dynamics of the neighborhood that the game takes place in. It's a very focused story, at least geographically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martinez is the name of it. Um, and you're working alongside your partner, uh, the ever patient Kim Kitsuragi, uh, to, yeah. uh, to solve the murder.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about Kim as his own kind of bullet point because that's, yeah. you know, incredibly important to the the feeling and, and kind of flow of this game. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Um, ostensibly, like if you just look at a screenshot of this, this looks like an isometric uh, CRPG. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is a CRPG. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's very clear when you play it, uh, you know, one of the biggest influences is Planescape Torment, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what day you ask me. What I think is, you know, my favorite video game. Mm-hmm. Um, other influences are all of my also favorite games. So it's all like Fallout and Baldur's Gate and stuff. Like right. right. These guys are huge CRPG nerds. Mm-hmm.
1: Huge um, tabletop, you know, know, tabletop game fans.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And a lot of these ideas came directly from tabletop
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, RPGs. Like if you watch interviews or read interviews um, with these designers, like you can kind of see like a lot of these things were playtested at the table. Yes. Uh, there's a huge tabletop feel to this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which it makes sense because they're going to be making this into a tabletop system of a sort. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. which I'm less excited about than, than one might think. Like I feel like the steady hand of, of the high quality of this writing is kind of necessary. It is uh, for this. Yeah. Every, Um,
1: like the, everything needs to be kind of thought through. I I don't know how i I don't know how it would thrive under the improvisational, uh, nature of things, uh, that might happen at the table. Um, but yeah, you know, it looks like and plays like, uh, like you know, Planescape Torment, you know, any of those Infinity Engine games, things that are inspired by those. You know, you're looking down, you, you <laughs> click your mouse to run to something or someone, and you click on them to interact with it. And broadly, you are, you know, looking for clues and trying to find answers to the game's mysteries, mostly through conversation.
0: Yeah, tons, tons of conversation. This is the uh, there's a dialogue boss battle in this that is like the best dialogue boss battle since First Citizen Lynette. (laughs)
2: Um,
0: uh, And because of, you know, similar to other games we've like praised on the show, Mm -hmm. um, your job and system or or rather setup in this game does tons to make uh, gameplay make a kind of sense Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that will make sense when I finish this paragraph, I guess, (laughs) uh, of thought. But so the idea is, so you're uh, in The Witcher, right? Like we talked about how your job as a Witcher Is what provides the context that kind of makes that game lack a lot of ludonarrative dissonance. Right. Um, you know, you, your job in this world, your place in this world necessitates adventure and the kind of things you're going to be doing Mm -hmm. in a way that does not feel artificial ever. Right. Um, you know, you're never having that moment of like, fuck, just call the police or like, fuck, just, you know. Like, let the army handle this. There's no reason for a, a teenage, a group of teenagers to go do this. This is right. so dumb. You know, it, it doesn't have that feeling to it because you are that person. Mm-hmm. What Disco Elysium does is by having your character be an amnesiac, uh, it makes sense for you to ask about just really extremely basic things about the world, which tells you, uh, one, lets you define yourself and your character, which is what I think this game is ultimately about. Yeah. Uh, two, helps uh, explain this absolutely wild alternate history and universe that they made that's incredibly rich yeah. and and really really deep um not always to the games like benefit like there mm-hmm. are things that i'm less into about that um but three uh also allows you to kind of question some things that the the, the writers want you to question that ordinarily we take as assumptions mm-hmm. so like there there are things that are very like you play as this and like whenever i talk about being star man yeah. About stuff like, oh, you know, what is a traffic light? Mm-hmm. And having somebody like forcing characters in this world to actually explain things that we take for granted in the real world yeah. reveals biases and politics behind these things. Uh, and having you have like kind of the wisdom of a fool to question some of these things mm-hmm. allows for, uh, a lot of this kind of, uh, political steez and posture to come through wouldn't ordinarily wouldn't. Like it allows you to push past assumptions for things.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it gets you like a little bit toward like a, a complete like chancy Gardner kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, as you're, as you're going through here and that causes, you know, you questioning small things has you putting together and questioning like bigger things. You know, one of the political points, you know, that is ultimately secondary to what's going on here, but you know, there is a commentary on, you know, police, like what is the role of quote unquote the law? What ought it be? And yeah. as you are talking, like just really basic questions about where your authority comes from, and kind of stripping you of any of your assumptions or, you know, let, let's say uh, uh, any knowledge that you might have brought into the game based on the real world to help you understand exactly how precarious the situation is in the neighborhood that you are that that you are yeah. working within. Yeah,
0: and it's e- it's easy to spin that out into real world situations like. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I thought would be a harder pill to swallow for this game is, mm-hmm. like, playing as a cop in 2020. Right. You know, one of the taglines of this is, like, what kind of cop are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's – but it, it's – there's no rah-rah. Like, you can actually be a good person and try to do your best mm-hmm. and cause definitive good as a police officer in this. Yes. But there is absolutely zero jingoism in it because mm-hmm. everything is questioned. Yeah. Um, you know, like, this, this actually has a lot of, like, pretty ten- trenchant, like – Commentary and and challenging mm-hmm. of assumptions I definitely grew up with. Mm-hmm. I was pleased that I'm just now starting to question seriously. Yeah. You know, along with the game, which is part of the other reason why this like hit like a, a tactical sniper bullet.
1: Yeah. You know, I, in, in, a, in, a a way, in a way, I'm kind of happy that I played it this year as opposed to around mm-hmm. the time that it came out. You know, it's not like police got especially hmm, worse. You know, everything yeah. that we're seeing is still going on here in 2020 world and brain. Um, Mm -hmm. But it has been so foregrounded for so long under the circumstances that we're living in right now that that heightened, you know, that aspect of the game for me. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's no official combat system in this. Everything is done with skill checks. Uh, uh, in the game, there is a uh, a combat one combat scene towards the end of the game mm-hmm. that's all done through dialogue and skill checks. Yeah, uh, through that, uh, one of the things the developer wants to do is more um, stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, in the next one, and he kind of spitballed some like scenes, like you know, getting into a car crash. Like falling off a building, like other action scenes that he could do in this kind of slowed down time, mm-hmm. zoomed in thing. And that's one of my favorite scenes of the game. I think yeah. this is incredibly good. Um, <laughs> and there are uh, elements of this that we've seen um, specifically handling non-combat through the same kind of engine, um, say, in like Tides of Numenera. Um, and this is significantly more successful mm-hmm. uh, than that system was at doing the same kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Um, specifically because of like how modular the system is and kind of like how many different modifiers can ultimately, ultimately be thrown in. I think this is taking a huge number of things into account.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Um, but yeah, you know, you spend most of the game in dialogue, uh, even when you interact with things, it brings up the dialogue, uh, kind of screen, you know, most of the time you've got one half or one third of your screen dedicated to the scroll of the text, um, and your options. Uh, as you talk with others, and most importantly, um, uh, a lot of the time, yourself.
0: Yeah. There's an interesting uh, little tidbit in an interview I saw where they talked about um, that doing that on the right side of the screen rather than uh, in the bottom part of the screen where CRPGs typically do that um, was partly inspired by Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, and trying to get people to read. Like this idea that like a lot of people, you know, people uh, like ostensibly don't like reading. You know, in games, that's conventional wisdom, but actually everyone reads all day long all the time.
1: <laughs> Each of us in a day reads we so much more than like a monk in the Middle Ages would have read in their entire yes. life. <laughs> yeah. Like we
0: read several novels worth of Twitter every day. Right. You know, it's just about it being a different way to present the information, like mm-hmm. being more punchy and disconnected um, and being more hooky and like specifically kind of adversarial. Mm-hmm. Um, And that was part of the uh, the influence for this.
1: Yeah. Um, adversarial is a very good way to put that because everything does kind of show up as a confrontation, even if it yes. is with, you know, the nature of an object or an aspect of your personality that is stopping everything and forcing you to make a decision about how to deal with it.
0: Yeah, There is a lot of pathetic fallacy mm-hmm. going on in this.
1: Yes. Um, and I'm into it. <laughs> just assume yeah, yeah. I'm adding and I'm into it after most of the points we make. Yeah. Um, just I
0: will say the things I'm not into. Right. There's like three. <laughs> and 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 we'll get to them. And two of them are so incredibly minor as to be you know, yeah. just the nittest of picks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so the majority of the dialogue um that you do does not have a uh, doesn't have a check associated with it. It's just a standard kind of dialogue tree. You know, you're exhausting your options as you see fit um or trying to get to a particular um conclusion before you uh advance on. But um a good number of, you know, interactions that you have have a degree of difficulty associated with them and that is where the game decides to roll a dice.
0: Yeah. Um, like two, two real quick things before we move on from that first bit. Like one, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not always doing something difficult. Sometimes it is, uh, just insight. Yeah. yeah. That you will get, like kind of, kind of pushing ahead, which is really interesting. Uh, two, I want to heap a little bit of praise on the way that the dialogue trees work in this. Mm -hmm. Um, even if you divorced the, uh, the checks from it, which would, be catastrophic. (laughs) But even if you did, they're really good dialogue trees because as opposed to being like there's a lot of one-way streets. Yeah. Uh in these dialogue trees, Mm -hmm. which is something that dialogue trees don't do. Um, a lot of times, like even in games I really love, a dialogue tree is just a way of arraying information. Yeah. So like I have four questions I can ask about a subject. Mm -hmm. I can ask it in any order. I can go back to ask about it again, it's still fun and it's interactive to ask those questions in any order and get that info. Mm-hmm. Um, in Disco Elysium, a lot of times you'll have a couple questions and you just get to ask one because the question, the conversation naturally moves on. Yeah, and you you don't get that information. Mm-hmm. So even you know, there's never this like just ch- check off the the boxes kind of like I want to make sure I talk to this person about everything. Right. Which is is something that's as old as the hills when it comes to dialogue trees, and it's mm-hmm. not something that is inherently bad. But by having there be more consequence and forward momentum to it, it's yeah. not only does it feel more realistic, um, it also, uh, adds like consequence. It adds weight, uh, to, to the actual questions and kind of for me engagement. Yeah. Like I really thought about it because I wasn't like, oh, I'll just go be able to go back and answer, <laughs> ask all <laughs> yeah. these questions.
1: No, you, I mean, you can't just go through this like you're checking off a to-do list in addition to conversations that move on and preclude you from getting information. You know, if you had chosen something different, you know, there are um prompts that you can follow that have consequences mm. to them. Like they are an action that you take and they're just kind of put right in with the other ones where by asking a question, you reveal that like somebody else told you something you, uh, you know, Probably like accuse them of something, and those yeah. are not necessarily highlighted a lot of, a lot of the times that stuff is you know comes along with a check and it tells you but um uh, you know enough of the time uh it is just kind of there as a regular thing and you need to be very careful and think about you know the implications of what you might be asking
0: yeah yeah and that that ties into a very specific thing we'll talk about later um you know just put a put an asterisk in that if you're listening mmm um, when you do have checks either for a physical act or, um, persuasion, you know, something with a chance of failure, mm-hmm. typical tabletop, uh, things, the game rolls two dice. Uh, it's a 2d6 system. Twelves are always a success. Uh, mm-hmm. double, you know, double ones are always a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, absurd, uh, adds and subtracts modifiers, right. um, which are obviously based on skills. Uh, But also based on equipment, uh, thoughts, which are a kind of equipment we'll talk about. And then most uh, kind of broadly is circumstances. Mm -hmm. So when you have done things in one part of the world, if it would sensibly, you know, increase your chances of doing something in another part of the world, it does here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's a really wide variety (laughs) of these things, um, which lends itself to that kind of uh, feeling like playing a tabletop game with a really excellent DM. Yeah. Where you could, you could make the, you don't have to make the argument, but you could be like, Hey, like I talked to this guy's sister and I can drop some facts about her. Like, mm-hmm. don't you think that would make you know him more likely to trust me? And a good DM will be like, yes. And a bad DM will be like, well, there's <laughs> nothing in the rules that say that.
1: Right. Right. It's a DC um, 15 or nothing role. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like this is a good DM. Like, and the game takes into account a shocking amount of those things.
1: And what's remarkable is it, it it explains all of those when you mouse over a a check, you know, before, you Mm -hmm. know, before you, or actually after you roll it or before you roll it, you, you see, you know, roughly what your percentage chance of success is and it lays out what all of your modifiers are from. So like if you have an option to, you know, break off and change your equipment or invest a skill point or go talk to somebody else, you can see what is taking, you know, what what is taken into account. So like you can address any deficiencies that might be present there um, a lot yeah. of the time.
0: Yeah. And, re- and real quick, just because I don't know where else to put this. Uh, what's interesting about this too is that, so when we talk about, um, uh, how you it's taking into account all these modifiers and how the conversation always moves forward. Mm-hmm. one of the philosoph- philosophical things about this game, and this ties into a lot of other systems, like I'm sure we'll talk about this in other places, yeah, but this is the ultimate tabletop fail forward mm-hmm. um game. It is part of the design philosophy of the uh, the creators, um you know, specifically like losers see things, winners never will. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not a right answer. Uh, for things, so this game is doing a lot of things uh, to discourage, to encourage you to role play and to think about your choices, have them actually matter. Yeah. But uh, they are, you know, because there is so little difference between winning and losing most checks mm-hmm. in terms of overall quality. Um, there is a uh, like you can save scum, mm-hmm. a thing. They're all honest roles except for one. Right. Um, so if you decide, you know, it's kind of like uh, cheating in a choose your own adventure almost, but with like a lot of factors to discourage <laughs> that. Yeah. You know, if, 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 you know, most of the endings weren't just death,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, most mm-hmm. of the endings are something funny or amusing or poignant happens and the story moves on in a different, interesting way.
1: Yeah. Um, and for this character specifically, um, it makes sense for him to fail in a lot of the, in, in a lot of the ways that he does. You know, like yeah, he's a blank slate, and you get to define him. But the things that you know about him are that he is an incredible fuck up.
0: Yeah, you're um, a fuck up a two. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. And uh. And you know, like you, you get better at passing things as you go along, and it kind of coincides. Like, okay character you know amnesiac cop you get dignity and you get success as you increase your competence and figure things out like you're going to be mm-hmm. a big a big doofus falling on your face and saying the wrong thing until you get your sea legs back
0: <clears throat> yeah yeah yep a lot of pleasure to that <laughs> uh
1: so there are like three kinds of checks that happen um passive checks are happening basically all of the time um you mm-hmm. don't have to opt to take them it's basically like you know imagine your dm says okay roll perception you know or roll really do it do a do a site roll or a search roll or something like that um and passes and failures on these inform kind of what information you glean you know ambiently passively from the different skills you know, we'll talk about the skills in just a moment, but there's no real, like, detached third-person narrator to this. Most of the information that you're getting is from these different aspects of your personality and your being speaking to you as if they were characters. It's like a Greek chorus kind of thing.
0: Yeah, there's nothing is objective. Right. Uh, and that is one of the, I would say, themes of the game. Yes. Like, everything passes through a filter, whether that filter is your own... You know, history and biases and thoughts, Mm -hmm. um, other people or just, you know, uh, institutions. Yes. Like everything is through a filter. There's no such thing as objectivity. Mm -hmm. Um, There are uh, red checks. These tend to happen at momentum, momentous times. Um, You can only do these once. Mm -hmm. So you can't go back. But what's more interesting to me, and this, again, solves a tabletop kind of issue like does it in a very tabletop way are white checks Mm -hmm. which you can try again uh, as many times as you like as long as your skill has been leveled up or you've changed the modifier somehow Yeah. So, you know, in tabletop terms, like I try to climb a wall, I fail. What's to stop me from trying it again? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that is something that tabletop systems wrestle with. Uh, In this, it's like, well, you have to learn more. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to climb that wall. Yeah. Uh, You have to learn about the wall or learn about yourself and then you can try again.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like are you invest the skill point to, you know, improve your physical capabilities to get over it. Uh, You find something that you can move over to give you a little bit of a boost or you get some equipment. You know, or, Mm -hmm. you know, you might not even need to pass that check. You might, in the course of your investigation, find out a way to get through the door to get into where it needs to be. Yep.
0: I don't think there are any, uh, there aren't very many one solution problems in this. Uh, And again, the way that this ended up working that was very satisfying to me was, you know, if something would be presented as suboptimal and I was like, I just don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, You know, I would look around to try to find a different way to do it. Most of the time, I'd find something. Sometimes I wouldn't, though, and I'd have to take the kind of queasy compromise, <laughs> and it felt bad. Yeah. Uh, but that that bad feeling got rolled into my character as a way that felt very natural. Yeah. Um, like I can imagine a gamer psychographic who cannot handle this game because they do not like making suboptimal choices, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game is not for you, I think. In that case. Yes. Um, or you won't enjoy it quite as much. I don't want to say it's not for you. It'll be I stressful. That, like that is it'll be stressful. That is a thing that will be tough on you. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah.
1: Um, and you know, it's worth repeating again, we talked about critical success and critical failure, you know, if something through, you know, comes back and says, yeah, you only have a 3% roll." like, all right, well, what do I have Go to, what, what do I have to lose? You know, if I can't feasibly get this up to a greater than 50% chance, I'll give it a shot and we'll see.
0: Yep. And just trying to be okay with those losses, mm-hmm. you know, at least temporarily is, uh, you know, is the number one pro tip, I think, yep. uh, for this game. Um, All of those things, all those checks, and most of the game is filtered through your skills. Um, There are 24 of them broken up into four tributes. Um, The tributes are intellect, psyche, physique, and motorics. Mm -hmm. Um, And each one of these, you know, in the – something I'm very happy I didn't know going into Mm -hmm. this game, so you don't jump off. (laughs) Uh, These are all personified and are unreliable. Uh Uh-huh. Every one of these things inside you is not necessarily on your side mm-hmm. and has a want and a desire and God is that good <laughs> like how often do I like man i would I want some nilla wafers, mm-hmm. and like you know my body's going like eat some fucking nilla wafers, dude. <laughs> but then I know that's not good for me, uh-huh. you know it's like you know my brain's just like, no, no, you can do it like talking to me,' yeah. like no, no, it's okay, like you can do this, like you just all you had for dinner was broccoli. Uh, you know, go, go, go to town on this box and <laughs> yeah. the wafers. It's fine. Yeah, um, That is my body talking to me and not having my best interest mm-hmm. in mind. Like, this game spoke to me on such a level as far as feeling divorced from myself. Right. Uh, in a lot of ways, like the non-trustworthy yeah. self, which is something <laughs> I've always felt. Like, I've always felt like I am my own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And this takes that chronological idea, which is key to Torment. Yeah. And key to the, this narrative and also makes it uh, current. Yeah. Like that is a perpetual state, that is a mm-hmm. natural state of being. Yeah you know
1: yeah. it it's a, it is a concept of your relationship with yourself and specifically you know things that are separate from your semantic experience, you know what might be going on in your surface thoughts you know the you know the inner narration that you might sometimes have right yeah. and what I love about this is that this is such a great way to turn the concept of intuition into both a literary device and a play device in this. Cause so much yeah. of this like represents thing you know, information that you don't know and conflicts that you are not aware of that bubble up, um, at these moments where it can either help you or hurt you. Right. Yes. You know, all, you know, all of that is this unseen unheard stuff that, ultimately is taken into account and is dram- you know and is dramatized here in a really effective way specifically because of the conflict between them, between them so you you know, you have <laughs> you have things like your electrochemistry telling you oh my god do as many drugs as you can versus your yeah. volition which is like we're not going to be able to like investigate so we should probably get back on get get back on task but <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah yeah yeah
0: well and the, the thing that's really remarkable about this is that skill checks you know earlier when we said they came up at decision points and conversations and physical things mm-hmm. they also come up for a device yes um and in a role-playing game you know when you like gamers are really scared in general i think and myself included mm-hmm. of having like no safety net yeah like there is there's a long history of skills that Clue you into the inner workings mm-hmm. of people. You know, there's like the the perk and fallout that is like, you know, will it highlights conversation options based on whether the person you're talking to will have a negative or positive reaction mm-hmm. to them. Like we want that insight yeah. to things. This game <laughs> so much text. of this is yeah yeah we we want to know like we we are playing a game like we mm-hmm. want the optimal path you yeah. know, on some level. In this game, uh, you are faced with decisions where you are really out of your league. Uh, you do not know what is going to be the optimal thing mm-hmm. uh, or necessarily even having the context to choose which one is the one you want the most because you don't know the outcomes. Yeah, And then you're getting advice, but not advice from an omniscient, objective, you know, kind of persona. Right. It's from like three or four or five mm-hmm. competing parts of you. Yeah. That you have to decide which ones you trust. hmm um, and, you know, I, again, putting a pin in something, like, all of this plays into how much this game just absolutely fucking shows me that narrative based emotional story games need to have more mechanics. Mm-hmm. Like, having that situation is so interesting and <laughs> crunchy. <laughs> yep. And did so much to make this story richer yeah. than, like, any kind of just. We're just, you know, dear Esther, like walk and hear the story. <laughs> right. No, like like give me this investment and these decisions to make because it's mm-hmm. gonna make the story hit me ten times as hard.
1: Yeah. I mean, and this is you know, this is mechanical, right? So whenever there's an input, you do have again this chorus welling up within you offering their their thoughts on this or you know, butting in with an intrusive thought. You can see whether that result is from a past check or a failed check and you take yeah. that into account. Like you know, if your empathy fails you, like it'll say, like I don't know, I'm kind of uncertain, but maybe you should push them. You should push them harder, and you can think, yeah. like, okay, is this a situation where I should be listening to empathy, or should I be listening to Half light Right, like, yeah. it, you know, is this more of a fight or flight kind of thing? Like, it, should I listen to authority within me? And what are they telling me, um, based on the things that I know and did they actually succeed? Is this them talking from a position of strength or are they making a guess just like I might be?
0: Yes. And in both of those situations, the outcomes could be advantageous Mm -hmm. either way. Yeah. You know, there are times where a a check means you a suboptimal result Mm -hmm. fails and actually tells you the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, right thing. Like again, that's not really you know, the ballpark <laughs> here, but right thing in terms of the outcome you might want.
1: Yeah, for this. like you, the the outcome might actually be like which outcome d- does that aspect of you, you know, tend to prefer? And this works into yeah. something being over leveled in a particular skill um, can alienate you from other people and can put you into you know worse situations so like you know say you know this is an easy one because it matches with my philosophy if you put a bunch of points into authority uh that is going to win and probably drown out other voices and kind of guide you into making choices and being more of a hard ass when a when a you know more subtle touch that is not about scaring people might be preferable right
0: yeah yeah, Cole is a legendary hard ass. Like he has all his <laughs> no. points, so that's why that matches his philosophy. <laughs> no, no, just, you, just, you just, just need to know that it's his way or the highway. And, no, matches my philosophy
1: uh, <laughs> because you know you just big big swinging dicks rocking and walking around with too much of, you know too much of a sense of authority. That's not really good for the world. And yeah, I like the idea exactly. that you know uh, be, being overpowered in one aspect and speaking about this in video games terms, of course, being over specialized in one aspect, you know, can push you, you know. It can make things yeah. worse for you.
0: Yeah. It can be bad. Like I made, I ended up having a lot of sub, I went empathy cop, like yeah. full on and made a lot of decisions that were suboptimal mm-hmm. because I was too worried about what other people thought. Yes.
1: You um, know, I went, just real, uh, I went lynching. Absolutely quick aside. Okay. Oh, go ahead, go ahead.
0: Sorry. Sorry. One second. The, uh, uh you know, current hell world portland protests okay i found out last night that like one of the most recurring chants that people are doing at the uh the feds is small dick energy <laughs> which i was pretty into <laughs> like just which, fucking brutal which like you okay
2: you know yeah, no,
1: yeah. there's there's nothing wrong with having a small dick but also no. you are saying that to get under the skin of you know a proletarian yeah people who are ready shitheads. to beat the shit out of you yeah
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love small dick energy. as like, you know, so, some guy comes up with no name tag and uh-huh. uh, throwing tear gases, you know, at uh, an yeah. old parent, you know, at elder, the elderly. she <laughs> the ultimate <laughs> small dick energy. Like, you're making up for something, dude.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Fuck those guys. Yeah. 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 So you rolled as empathy cop. I rolled as, like, space case uh, David Lynch cop. Uh, who mm-hmm. was operating entirely on uh intuition entirely on the inland Empire soul skill yeah
0: these will thing uh so they're they're kind of different things that these go they cover basically everything there's twenty four mm-hmm. of them
1: yeah it's a lot know? it's like having a party uh, like of twenty four people
0: yeah yes yeah and they the, uh the interviews and stuff I've read specifically say that they're t- they talk about how in like bioware rpgs Before you make a big decision, all your companions just say, this is good. And some of them say, this is bad. Uh They said, like, our goal was to overwhelm Mm -hmm. with that. Like, what is it like to have 24 companions that all have different
1: yeah. yeah. What's funny is, like, that almost wasn't the case. Like, the initial plan when they were coming up with this was to have the skills be as granular as this, but to simply denote them with symbols. You know, mm-hmm. um, but that artist kind of the icon, you know, the, the icon artist that they had left and the character artist took it over um mm-hmm. and ultimately ended up drawing portraits that, you know, these very abstract, you know, almost like Giger or Beksinski style uh portraits of these of these aspects. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, because they had portraits. Well, now we need to give them personalities, too. And it is such a. It was a good thing that that icon artist decided not to stay with the team.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It ended up helping. Yeah. So as a brief overview, we're not going to go through all 24 skills. No. Um, but one of the things that's interesting is that they do, they don't always work in the way you expect them to. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, there's, uh, in terms of, uh, your body kind of skills. So like if you have high reaction speed, this might be a thing where you can, uh, quickly, you know, come up with a smart question Mm -hmm. when you're, when someone's trying to take you, you know, Put you off guard, Um, but you can also spot when someone else is taking a really long time to react. Mm -hmm. You know, and that could be a lie. But then you also have drama, which is explicitly about lying and determining when other people are lying. Mm -hmm. So there's some overlap.
1: So you know, when I walked into this, I knew you know I heard people say, "Yeah, this you know there's really no combat in this," and I looked at the skills. And I thought, okay, so why is there endurance? Like, why are there all of these things that seem like they would be, you know, modifying attack roles or whatever? This is why. Because the skills, you know, even if they are related to a part of your body, they represent a kind of aptitude that you might have. So, like, you know, your pain tolerance um, can help you understand when you're looking at somebody else, like if they're lying about being injured or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's not um, – they're not all created equal. Right. You know, the uh, the bottom one, the motorics, mm-hmm. uh, is probably the least useful. Yeah. Of these, it has the fewest number of checks. Uh, when you start a character and if you use one of the archetypes, there's not a right archetype. Like, there's a little bit of that unevenness right. to it. Um, but you're also going to get tons of levels in the mm-hmm. game, and you're going to get tons of equipment that uh, influences this stuff. So eventually you can have what you want. Yes. Uh, generally.
1: Yeah. So you have those physical skills that help with the checks. You also have, you mm-hmm. know, like we referred to, you know, things like empathy or rhetoric, which provide you with clear commentary, uh, specifically about mm-hmm. the people that you are uh, talking to or attempting to work with. You know, it doesn't just help you formulate a better argument for them, but like to understand, like maybe when a skilled liar is trying to lead you, is trying to misdirect you. Right.
0: Yes. Um And then there are these kind of perceptive skills. Uh, so you mentioned Inland Empire. Uh, that is like intuition, mm-hmm. like your spooky intuition. Yep. Um, Perception, which is literally perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shivers, which is like your attachment to the city mm-hmm. and cities in general.
1: I fucking love um, all of the texts that Shivers brings up.
0: Yeah. Shiver- <laughs> Shivers is my favorite prose yeah. of, of all of them uh, by like quite a bit actually. Mm-hmm. Like some of them, you know, are pretty workmanlike. Yeah. Uh, You know, they're not all very clearly defined voices, but Mm -hmm. when they are like endurance is also really fun because endurance. (laughs) it's a gym teacher. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a gym teacher. It's a huge bully. Uh, But shivers is really is really fun for that. And these are things that, again, are gut feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And these are not necessarily uh, always true. Mm -hmm. You know, they like they can be true. Yeah. But truth is kind of you know, to the side, right. This. That's not really the the concern.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and all of these skills, you know, like we said, they're ingrained in the conversation system. Um, and yeah. having high skills will like unlock certain options for you or like mm-hmm. give direct advice. Like there are a couple of times where a skill says, Hey, pick the first one. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and if you have no good options, you can direct your response to them and say, come on guys, you don't have anything better than this.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that, that doesn't always work, but it, it right. does kind of, again, in conversation with everything mm-hmm. as a way to model thinking. Yes. You know, it, it leads a lot to that. Um, there are two specific uh, important stats in terms of your health. Like, this is a crunchy mechanical game.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, endurance and volition, um, so your your body and your willpower, basically, mm-hmm. uh, which govern your two health bars, which are physical and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um you can die of both of those things uh very easily, and this is a small number of r p g yeah um you know you I had uh, four and two okay or no no, no, I had two and four rather respectively mm-hmm. of this uh so in the very beginning of the game, I died from like turning on the lights <laughs> um you know that is that is the joke. Yep. Uh, of this, it can be a thing where dying requires starting over mm-hmm. and I've had to like die and then go back and just have all the same conversations again. That's a bummer. So there's, you know, it's bummer one of like four in the whole <laughs> game for me, but that is uh, kind of a bummer and it's there to, to do this joke. Yes. You know, to have you die of a heart attack because you turn on the lights or die of a, a mental breakdown because somebody reminded you of your ex-wife and you did not have enough points in your, your volition.
1: Yeah. Uh, there are items that you can find and buy that will recover these. You know, it's pretty important mm-hmm. to keep those topped off um, because if you're walking around with half health or, you know, half of your um, volition or whatever, that will harm certain checks. Yeah. Uh, the they, game is very also, kind. S-
0: oh, I was going to say they also steal the uh, earthbound thing of having rolling damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have one hit point, and when you take damage, um, your hit points will will go down mm-hmm. uh, and you have like a couple seconds. Yeah, to pop on that, uh, that health item.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's oh. like the button for that is just right in the inventory or it is right in the interface down there at the bottom. Yeah. 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 So that is very kind. Um, all of these skills can be modified by gear. Uh, you know, pretty much every piece of clothing that you can put on is, uh, is modeled. Um, I love the, the way that the different modifiers are um, described. So it mm-hmm. would be like, you know, plus one plus one the dramatics because it's an especially colorful tie but you know it'll say like negative two to authority like who who would trust you if they saw you wearing that something like that yeah
0: and it, it's just kind of fun like you end up uh i feel like this is kind of lampshading the thing in rpgs where you wear the best clothes to have the best gear and nothing matches <laughs> You know, like yep. like in video games, like I think that like I look like a Katamari who rolled through a closet, <laughs> like in this game, and I oftentimes did. Like, there's yeah. no fashion souls in this because you can't really look cool, and mm-hmm. also those stats are like getting a plus one or a plus two to a stat is huge in a small yeah. numbers RPG. Mm-hmm. You know, the highest it can start at is like five. <laughs>
1: you know? so. yeah, so like the, there's no fashion souls, but there is fashion police. If you wear ridiculous stuff, your partner will say like, "Hey, we need to have a talk."
0: Yeah, and and I ended up wearing something straight laced because they were the areas I wanted uh-huh. to shore up my stats. And uh Kim took me aside to say, like, "Hey, I actually like how you've been dressing like a police officer <laughs> lately. Like, it's, keep it up."
2: Yeah,
1: you're you're, you're making you know. it much easier for me to work with you. Thank you. Yeah, for for not for not wearing
0: like a like a rubber inner tube shaped like a ducky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, that that stuff is fun. There's a fun and clothing is a meaningful reward. Yeah, it drives like the pickup economy, which drives the exploration economy. Because again. Mm-hmm. Can I emphasize enough? This is a mechanical game. Like yes. This is not just a narrative game. Yeah. Um, playing into that, uh, drugs and alcohol will also modify your skills really significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they do is by altering the parent attribute. Yeah. So it's essentially a plus, a bonus in an entire field. Yeah. Um, but uh, this can cost other fields uh, detriment. And mm-hmm. in my uh, role-playing of this, I did not take any drugs. Same. So. Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, like one of the things I, I expect of fans of this game who are gonna listen to this episode are gonna be like these fucking o boring slash sorry cops (laughs) played the game like why didn't you go do a bunch of wild shit? And I was Mm -hmm. like, no, because it's an incredibly strong role playing experience. Yeah. I cared about Harry Mm -hmm. and I wanted him to feel better and do better. (laughs) Uh like the idea of of making up for your shitty past and like Mm -hmm. trying to be a good person in the face of all this stuff is so resonant to me. Yeah. I'm not gonna just like take the like what if I fuck around. Like Often. this.
1: This isn't really a joke to me. Actually, yeah. I I walked into this expecting it to be you know like a real madcap, totally you know like Brazil kind of thing. But no, it actually resonated a lot. And even though my prominent copa type was Cop of the apocalypse, I believe that stuff that I was saying.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, same same kind of thing. Like I was expecting this to be a lot goofier and a lot more like leftist churlish.
1: Yes. Then
0: it ended up being like we'll talk about that in generalities at some point too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the the kind of political backdrop stuff of this, but it, the fact that this you know could be taken seriously and was really good if taken seriously mm-hmm. uh, was yeah. the biggest surprise. Yeah. That I have it, this. So like yeah, like, you don't need a drink, man. You feel like shit. You have yeah. this huge hangover and like there's, I these people are had to deal with your horseshit, man. Mm-hmm. Like pull it together, yeah.
1: dude. You you got a, You've got a lot of work to do. Like a lot of amends yeah. coming up, buddy. Yeah. And it, it had
0: nothing to do with wine to be the good guy gamer point. Like, I mm-hmm. talk about being evil right. in games and being delicious. And there is, for delicious evil, like, there's delicious evil like tyranny, and then there's repugnant, rotten evil like torment. Right. And this, the evil in this felt more like the latter. Like, it was not going to be fun to be evil in this because I actually did, a, a, I cared about these mm-hmm. people in this, this situation, this neighborhood. So it was, since it wasn't going to be delicious, like, why would I do these things that would harm? Mm -hmm. Like, I I understand, I don't want to take that fun away from anybody. And as a role-playing challenge, like, I've thought about replaying it and trying to, like, I'm just going to do wackier shit and Mm -hmm. be fear and loathing. Like, I want to be Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. You know, what is this game like if I'm Hunter S. Thompson? But I'm exceptionally satisfied with my, like, no, I just, I try to be a good, like, the Gary Butterfield playthrough of this. (laughs) Like, I'm trying to be a good person. Like, I want to help, you know.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, that, the, it's, that worked really well for me. It speaks to the game's credit that it could have just been funny, but it didn't. Yeah, it's and, more and we're saying than this like that. it's
0: not funny, right? Real oh, quick, a, it laugh, is a funny laugh out game. Loud, hilarious. Yeah. yeah, but it's not just funny, which is all my favorite things. Like mm-hmm. something that's just funny, rare, very rarely, like works for me. Like mm-hmm. I need some heart. Yeah, you know. So yep.
1: Um, so every 100 skill or every 100 experience points that you get, uh, you get a skill point that you can invest. Um, your learning mm-hmm. cap for different skills is determined, you know, by this, basically by the stats you pick at the beginning and whether or not you find a way through drugs or elsewise, um, to mm-hmm. raise those caps. Um, so this means you're getting, uh, skill points quite a bit.
0: it's worth noting that this is a linear Yes, skill progression in a way that role-playing games don't do. Mm -hmm. So not only is it always 100 XP to get a skill point, but major task accomplishments are always worth 70. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Minor are always worth 30. uh, Successful checks are always worth five. Yeah. So you gain levels at the same clip at the beginning of the game as you do at the end of the game, Mm -hmm. Um, which is really good because it makes you not, uh, you know, it kind of cuts down on analysis paralysis and allows you to put points into things like, you know, we mentioned earlier with a white skill check. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to try this again, Uh putting a point yeah. into it. will do that, and it doesn't feel like a huge waste of a level. It feels important. Levels coming around the corner.
1: It feels important to mention that the game does not force you to spend a skill point when you get it. You can walk yeah, around, yeah. you know, carrying I, I don't know as many of them as you want. I walked around I with three. a bunch of them. Yeah, I had more than I had, like seven at one um,
0: point. <laughs> The, the, there's a little like a uh, UI element that shows how many you have and it limits to three, but maybe you can go above it.
1: Yeah. It goes a lot. So. Like it shows those little pips down in the bottom right corner. Um, yeah. but yeah, I kept, I kept those around basically for, for white checks. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as I, uh, as I saw fit and I also kept them around in case I found a thought for my thought cabinet.
0: Yeah. Uh, so this is, um, considered like a lot of times kind of the marquee mechanic of this, um, I had heard about this before mm-hmm. uh, I'd seen this, and I do think this is really neat. It's also like a ring slot. Yeah. Like, this is this is awesome, but I don't think it's quite as, like, wild as it's made out to be. Yeah. Um, I love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. But it's not that crazy. Yeah. Um. You know, it, it's a... Uh, so this is... Um, you get kind of, like, traits. It's an inventory for thoughts. Uh, um, a thought occurs to you. You've gained it. Mm-hmm. If you want to put it into the cabinet, uh, it costs a point. And then it takes time to internalize it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, while you're thinking about it or once you've internalized it, it will change the world around you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, if you are thinking about, you know, feminism, you can say feminist things.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, in, And then once you've, you know, got the, the thought locked in and it's internalized, uh, it changes. Mm-hmm. Into kind of a new thought that, like a lot of times, uh, they start out with a detriment, mm-hmm. and then they turn to a benefit. But sometimes the opposite happens as well. Yes, like you can end up getting a bad thought.
1: I do not know that I saw a single thought that didn't ha- that didn't have a drawback associated with it, um, well, either in its initial lot of them or have final only form. Have,
0: yeah, yeah. A lot of them only have drawbacks in the original form. I think.
1: Yeah. But, um. Yeah. Um, but this is a way for you to, you know, alter the options that are available to you um you know, in a, in, in certain in certain ways. I felt like this should have had based on what I heard, I expected this to have a much bigger effect than it ultimately did. I felt less like I was shaping my character doing this. I, and I felt more like I was kind of like min maxing for certain advantages. Um yeah. you know, I felt most like I was shaping my character when I was spending my skill points and deciding deciding which of my own kind of internal voices to um to emphasize, you know, to empower.
0: Yeah, amplify and listen to. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Like th- this is a great little system, but it, it, I just don't think it's that robust. Yeah. You know. It's it's cool, like the the pros in these, know, uniformly just really great. Yeah. Um and the uh the idea that I act different and I perceive the world differently because something is on my mind. Mm-hmm. And then the idea that I have internalized this, like this is permanently on my mind, I feel mm-hmm. like I figured this out, Yeah, is a really cool way to model a real-life behavior.
1: Yeah. Almost like, like real know, priorities. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, that that is really, really neat. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of, like mechanically, initially this was a thing where I had so few sl- slots and was having so few thoughts occurred. You know, occurring to me, mm-hmm. they just slotted in the ones I had Yeah, when they popped much. up, you know, and then eventually when I started getting a little cheesier about them, started forgetting them, um, mm-hmm. it cost a skill point to forget a thought as well. Yeah. Um, th- I started kind of more shaping, you know, my thoughts to my role playing experience. Mm-hmm. But by that point, the game was almost over.
1: Right. So yeah. I think you can max out at like 12 of these.
0: It's a lot. Yeah. 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 I had all the slots unlocked for sure,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and had something in all of them, and it started forgetting. But again, you know, this felt like there there may be an expansion to this game, and that'll be you know when I take my character and really start working on this.
1: Yes. Um. So these thoughts can also help inform what your capo type is. Um, yes. <laughs> I so like this is the thing that was advertised again as a feature for this. I have no idea really what it affects. Um. Really. Like, like it's there are four. Yeah, so it's just dialogue. It's like what's available? Yeah, and it's, so it so reflects it reflects what's available, and also keeps track of you know when you did something that corresponded to one of these categories, either super cop, um, which is you know hyper competent lawman, boring cop um, if you are by the book, uh, <laughs> sorry cop, which involves like basically if you are overly apologetic and kind of a uh, kind of limp. Um and then cop of the apocalypse, um you know kind of like a Bible beating street preacher cop.
0: I I don't think that there are just these four. No, because uh, no. there's there's honor cop, uh, mm. which is like when you turn down bribes and stuff. I know that there is a superstar cop,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is like the 70s cop show, like very charismatic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know if you want to be like a big swing and if you,
1: you want to be a hutch, yeah.
0: Yes, like a hutch. Like I know there there are at least those two. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I think there are more than just these four.
1: These are the four that I had in my, that, that I encountered in my playthrough,
0: I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I think I, there might even be more, more than that because I didn't play so uh, outlandishly. Yes. Um, you know, but these, uh, what these affect generally is like what people think of you and what options come up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of your reputation a little bit.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, you also have an alignment uh, that is a thought, which is your political. Outlook. Yes. Um, which is explicitly referred to as alignment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and these are uh, I've communist got this down, communist down, down
1: below. Yeah.
0: You got those down below. Yeah. That's yeah. the other kind of like alignment thing. So we'll talk about those a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But kind of those two things together make your character like I would, mm-hmm. you know, sorry cop, boring cop slash, you know, communist slash moralist. <laughs> right. Right. You know, you can, uh, the, the dialogue around these is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I got suggested to become uh, one of these capo types. Um, I expressed some reservation. They said, "Don't worry, you can dual class your capo type later." And that was just a very funny joke for me. Yeah. And I said, like, oh, "Okay,
1: okay, yeah." But like that's that's how that's that that's an answer to the question the way I would have phrased it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was very very charming to me. Like laugh out loud. Like okay, yeah. I'll dual cop into a different capo type. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like big laugh
1: oh jeez, yeah. Yeah. yeah so we already talked about uh the other thing that modifies your roles you know other actions uh that you have taken and you know the fact that uh failing checks is not necessarily bad um and yeah. everything can you know fail you forward which matches at least the way you start this story
0: yes yep absolutely You know, uh, you fuck up and then when you, you want to succeed because a lot of times you're actually doing some good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the setting is really, really important to this. Um, it's really big. Um, the amount of like alt world stuff and alt history stuff mm-hmm. in this, I find overwhelming. Like, okay. I, I do like that stuff. This is not, you know, oh, you're loving this Cole and you're you're hating this Gary, like let's yeah. have a tour of the canning factory <laughs> kind of thing. But it is a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, the, if you uh, are at all sensitive to being noun blasted, <laughs> um, you will be fucking noun blasted into orbit by this game. Yep. The noun blastery is just absolutely fucking incredible Yeah, uh, in this game. Like, Mm. radioactive levels of noun blastery.
1: Yeah, you're going to be hearing about a lot of countries that vaguely correspond to countries that either exist in our world or at one point did exist.
0: Yes. And just uh, references to battles and cities. Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, when you get these paragraphs, like, it's kind of for you to be like, okay, when they say this nationality, Mm -hmm. they actually mean the Irish.
1: Right. And you kind of
0: pick that up by, like, context clues and uh, sometimes through, like, meeting those characters and seeing the accents and things like that. Yeah. Um, This is, you know, moving on to my second bullet point of things that I'm not enamored with (laughs) in the game is that sometimes the history lessons get, like, these are the only parts of the game I ever skimmed. Mm. Because getting a huge list of just like this country did this, that this country did this, and this country did this, like I like history, but having to then stop and do the puzzle of what they actually meant mm. for all of those and then match them to the real world got exhausting to me, and I was much more interested in the people of this than I was in the powers, yeah, At the intersection, yes, but I didn't care about the history of the world very much outside of the revolution specifically.
1: Yeah. Although, well, I mean, that, that specifically affects the land that you are walking on. You know, like that yeah. is. Like, Ravishol, so I was salient. interested. Yeah.
0: yeah. Ravishol's um, history, I was interested in when they started talking about other areas of the world. I was like, I, mm-hmm. I don't
1: yeah. know. There are, I'm glad
0: you guys did this work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there are definitely some of them that are more or less relevant to what's going on. I was generally on board with a lot of this uh, because I think very. Very early on, I was attuned to the fact that they were commenting on, you know, actual things that happened here on Earth Prime. Like this is not Mm -hmm. Earth that this that this takes place on. Um, but I kind of focused more in on, you know, what do those nationalities and their struggles against each other, how is that reflected in the characters that you see around you? You know, and you you learn that, like you pick that up like right away. One of the first people you meet in the game is from a country called Aranya. Um, yeah. And, you know, very quickly you find out like, oh, that's like Germany. Okay. That makes sense. And Orania's, um, Orania's position in the world government makes sense if you think about them as, you know, as, as modern day Germany. Right?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, it is uh, – the nice thing about that stuff for me was that, you know, it was pretty easy for me to sort things into important and less important. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as I was reading uh, and that play, it was mostly for me with uh, the histo- historical stuff, but it also would play into other things as well. Th- like, yeah.
1: A thing that would help, I think, and this would have been a lot of work and so much more text than is already here, but something like Tyranny's system where any proper noun. You could hover. Yeah, you could do a hover and see and like the description could change depending on what you've heard before, or if you have a misconception or if your skills would have a different opinion about the way that revolution
0: went, etc. Um, I, you know, I literally hovered over the things trying to make that happen on instinct like several times because Mm -hmm. something about being told 20 words, I don't understand. (laughs) Like in a short succession, my brain doesn't, hold on to them yeah like here here's 20 made-up words like in our world we call water clip like (laughs) that kind of thing eventually becomes yeah to me like pretty easily it
1: also helped Um, that i was making notes of things too
0: specifically notes for the for
1: the document for the show so i think maybe that made things a little bit more grabby for me
0: that that could definitely be like it definitely plays into this game's uh kind of pedigree and posture as a tabletop simulation, because mm-hmm. this very much felt like the DM had made this huge, long history mm-hmm. for the world and was insisting that I hear it. Yes. Uh, which is a, a tabletop experience I've had many times.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it looks like it takes place, you know, like when you first wake up, this could plausibly be in a, like a, like a funkier, you know, version of like a, a you know, a 1970s bombed out Eastern Bloc country uh mm-hmm. but this is fictional it is very heavily informed by uh by our world uh and its politics um even though a lot of those are you know streamlined or simplified like in this world karl marx is also the person who led the revolution as opposed to being yes. an intellectual who somebody like lenin um you know learned from and you know used uh as kind of the banner for the, for his revolution right
0: yeah Yeah, so there's some simplification Mm -hmm. going on. Um, Flat Earthers, (laughs) your time has come. This world uh, takes place on on Elysium or Elysium, Mm -hmm. and it is flat. Yeah, Uh, it is a flat world. (laughs) It is.
1: Um, It is called a a corona that is separate, a fractured corona that is separated. Um, uh, We'll talk. We'll talk about the about the world ending threat later on uh, when we get there. That's not necessarily so important for right now. But yeah, we're on a flat Earth.
0: Yep. Um and the game uh, entirely takes place in Rivershall um which is one of this uh this world's kind of island continents or on one of those. yes, uh Insulindia.
1: Yeah. Um, Revishal is like the big city, um, kind of at the crossroads of a bunch of other, uh, countries, uh, and kind of the thing that is, you know, worth noting here is that 50 years ago, this was where the largest communist revolution was put down by coalition of, um, you know, other countries and forces, basically the, this, this world's version of the U.N., Um, yeah. And it all happens in a single neighborhood. You know, this is very focused, um, like on one neighborhood and then like a piece of coast on the other side of a canal on the other side. This Mm -hmm. is Martinez. I think at one point, Kim, Kim refers to it as like the, like the, 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 the drainage ditch at the end of a long pipe. Like everything ends up here, which is, which is neat. A very good way to characterize it.
0: It's a place for lost souls. It's like the boat that Homer goes to when he doesn't want to give up his kidney. Um,
1: Yeah, and then they reject they, him because he didn't want to give up his kidney.
0: <laughs> yeah. After, after uh, all their long stories of, woe, <laughs> if anyone wants to use the bathroom, go now. I'm not stopping. <laughs> yeah. There's no law here, really. Um, very little legal over- oversight. um and it is uh kind of managed uh by the union. Mm-hmm. Um, you are in the middle of this uh struggle when you wake up between the dock workers union and this multinational shipping conglomerate, Wild Pines, mm-hmm. um, which is also uh the name of or is associated with like the rich neighborhood across the river. Yes. Um so the class stuff is immediately, you know, front and center.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you are this is a depressed and poor Neighborhood, right? Uh, people live in squalor. Um, you know the apartment building you get to explore is mm-hmm. quite rundown and gross.
1: Yeah, they live in squalor while constantly hearing about how wonderful a metropolitan Revishal, more broadly, is. Yes, you never get to see yeah. it, but it is described. You know, Shivers gives it to you. You know, like looking across the bay at these shining towers. You know, yeah. where this world's version of capitalism decided to shine its light. And here you are in the shadow where mold is growing, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this sets you up with all kinds of uh, competing philosophies. Um, and, yes. you know, something that I didn't expect was for the depiction of these to be pretty
0: nuanced, actually. Um, well. Like, nuanced and negative. Yes. Uh, this game, you know, what I was expecting from this game was to have uh, it have more of a perspective on one of these being right. Yes. Because it is Chapo adjacent, and this is a game made by leftists. Right. You know, and I consider myself a leftist. I love mm-hmm. leftists. I think that uh, oftentimes we are, you know, confident. Right. Uh, and sometimes I think that's very good. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it's not something that I expected uh, or it is something I expected in this piece of media. Like this was mm-hmm. just going to be like, yeah, communism is good, you know, partly because that's what uh, like the people who are fans of this game are. Right. Like, there's a lot of like <laughs> meme kind of you know, and I'm not saying that I don't think communism is good. Uh-huh. I'm saying that there are a lot of like kind of mimi churlish, puckish
1: yeah. kind of takes about it. Yeah, the, like the the the, the dirtbag left, specifically like here in America, like this is really associated with like. Democratic socialism, right? Yes. But like the version of communism that you can explore if you decide to internalize that thought is incredibly antiquated and verges on sociopathic and tanky. Like it is full on revolutionary militant communism. That is adjacent to some of the pinker stuff that you see, like specifically in the unions, which explicitly, you know, kind of play around in more of like a social democracy kind of kind of deal looking for kind of a more democratized, uh, you know, economics, which is what I favor. Um, And I felt very uncomfortable picking up like full communism and talking about like gulags and stuff. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, even even the union, even the trickle down stuff, is actually portrayed as pretty. Yeah, odd. yeah. Um, when I you know had the communism idea occur to me, it takes place as a conversation mm-hmm. between you and one of your skills, and it was great. It was like it it told me you know the idea <laughs> of communism, right. which is something that I actually think is beautiful and still worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. You know, in in some some way shape or form no. and then it was like yeah but you know we're just gonna have to break some eggs like uh you know we're, we're gonna have to kill as many people and like you know my options are like hold up a minute you know dot da da, and it's like no no don't worry about it like millions of people just in the guillotine guillotine you know will be okay and like, i i don't know about that man <laughs> yeah like it is a weird thing where like you know and and call out my leftist credentials all you want for mm-hmm. this right but like when I say, like, yeah, get out the guillotine, mm-hmm. it's not like I would actually take a whole lot of joy in watching anyone's head get cut off. I just want to take their fucking money. Yeah. I just want them to have the same amount of money as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recognize that historically, like, a lot of times that has led to, uh, you know, suffering. Yes. Right? Like, that is undeniable. It's not always. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that it's, like, a thing where, like, communistic ideas are always – Yeah totalitarian horror shows. Yeah. And additionally, and this game (laughs) emphasizes that in a way that's like, Oh, this thing that you maybe want is actually, it sucks. Yeah. And it says that about all of them. Mm -hmm. Like none of the stuff is good.
1: Yeah. Like, and you know, everything is, is, is shown as being, you know, a very, you know, like when when you adopt this thought, specifically when you're talking to yourself, it is the most extreme and pure version of it. And most of what you're walking around in, in the city of Revishal in this neighborhood, is like a battleground where in some form or fashion, all of these have clashed and created systems that just hurt the people. Like, no yeah. matter if they were trying to help them, doesn't matter. It still hurts them because you're walking around in the scars of these of these battles and kind of the ethical blind spots that each of them had.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So the human cost is always centered, which is one of the things that, again, you know, when I talk about how this game surprised me, that emotional core Mm -hmm. and what I, I ultimately think this kind of stuff, uh, is more, less important to the game than initially it seems, like is window dressing, you know, and the game being about what do we do and how do we make ourselves in the face of these things. Mm -hmm. And that is something that's very resonant to me now when I do feel buffeted by the winds of, yes, you know, philosophies and political systems that I have no say in and have, you know, an incomplete understanding of. And that's also true of most people.
1: Yes. I am very happy that it is not as strident as it possibly could, could have been, or as I was led to believe that it might be.
0: Same. Yeah. Yeah. Even though if, if it condemns any of them, it's fascism. Of course. Which is the second one, uh, which, you know, the, uh, there isn't a faction that is fascist. Um, even though I think you could argue that the, uh, major antagonist during the one fight scene. Yes. Even though they're not representing Mm-hmm. Uh, fascism, uh, in that exact moment, do represent yeah. fascism in terms of their history mm-hmm. and such. Um, these are like, uh, royalist, but largely racists. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things this game does, and I do not have the stomach for it, but when I talk about delicious evil versus repulsive evil, mm-hmm. like think just for a moment about how unusual it is that there is a game that allows you to like talk philosophy with a race realist and become a racist if you want. Yeah. Like you can internalize that thought and say like, yeah, maybe this is correct. Like mm-hmm. maybe eugenics is true. You know, phrenology is great. Uh, this, <laughs> you the learned that doesn't... from a
1: character who is literally called Measurehead. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. You know, it, it is, it is making fun of, of that kind of thing, but it does allow you to play with those ideas. It does give them equal footing in terms of like, you know, allowing you to explore them. They're just all kind of shit on, mm-hmm. um, the super damning thing. That's part of this that I love is, uh, in the thought cabinet for it, it says, you know, it talks about how bad this is and it says like, the big appeal for this is that this is the only, uh, political philosophy that explains why girls won't like you. <laughs> most of the other ones don't, but this one actually tells you that it's because they're dating foreigners and because of this. <laughs> and I, I fucking small dick energy, man. I, I was, I was way into it. <laughs> oh my God. That is so appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Unlike most philosophies, this <laughs> one, actually, I was so into it. Like, Big laugh god
1: that is really well observed
0: <laughs> yep yeah yep. <laughs>
1: sorry wow okay that caught me yeah. off guard i intended to it's read all the kind cabinet of things but uh i i didn't get around to it in my prep yeah <laughs> so, yeah su- super good <laughs> um ultra liberalism is, uh, is is a third one of these uh that comes here this is just unrestrained libertarian market capitalism uh basically mm-hmm. whatever results in the most profit Uh, is, uh, is the most good humans be damned. Um,
0: you grind and you hustle.
1: Yes. Um, this is largely represented by wild pines, but something that's really interesting is that like the chief representative, uh, a woman named Joyce who was sent here from Wild Pines to, you know, negotiate with the union. Like, they're really only, like, a half-hearted representative of that. Like, they yeah. ultimately end up in that as a function of their role, and they're very self-conscious when they say, like, when you talk to them about the, you know, about their philosophy, they say, oh, I'm the worst, I'm, I'm the worst kind of monster, I'm an ultra-liberal.
0: Yeah, and, and like, a, like a, a, a very surprisingly likable character. Yes. Like coming away from that conversation and being like, I kinda I like this person, mm-hmm. uh, would again like lend itself to that nuance. Yeah. Um, moralism or the <laughs> kingdom of conscious uh is the centrism in this world. Um so uh you know what people on the left might call liberalism or uh yeah. Um so this is uh adherence to kind of incremental progress, um, having this kind of soft imperialism through international finance. Um. So this is the official land of the law, your law of the land. Yeah. This is what Ravishul, uh adheres to specifically, and your partner, Kim, is also a half-hearted adherent to
2: that.
1: Yeah. Kim is kind of – he started out as one of these more wholeheartedly, but ultimately he has, you know, not retreated but ended up in the position that this is not his fight, and he – more so wants to be a good cop who, you know, helps people that way. He has really kind yeah. of sh- shrunk the kind of the sphere of what he, you know, seeks to have influence over. Um, yeah. which is very relatable. relatable
0: notion. Yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> relatable. Um, again, in just damning prose, the uh, kingdom of conscious thought, uh, was one of the only thoughts I actually like forgot mm-hmm. because I was so repulsed by it. Uh, when I got it, uh, which has the line, um, a moralist does not really have principles. If they find one, it's like a kid stumbling across a toy on the floor. And like that toy, it must have been immediately put away and the child reprimanded, <laughs> um, which is the most damning thing I can think of to say about centrist and is also pretty much true. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's mean. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's not really about principle. Yeah. You know? And also you shouldn't have principles. Like being too passionate is a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Yeah. No, uh, it's – yeah, like, you know, moralism. Don't is, be rude. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't be rude. Uh, always, yeah. always, you know, fight for the good of people. But something is not the right answer just because it is a midpoint. Something is not the right answer merely because it only, you know, changes things a little bit. Right?
0: Yeah. You can have it, 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 a principle. It, yeah. It literally says uh, the kingdom, of, you know, the kingdom of conscious will be amazing. We'll just never get there. <laughs> yep. You know, and that's like, yeah, that's that's yeah, incremental change Therefore,
1: yeah. Z- zeno, zeno you. Know? zero. Yeah.
0: I'm going to see it.
1: Yeah, I just, it was hilarious. I like this thought first, first occurred to me when I found just a pair of very unremarkable pants. It was just, you know, just like a pair of khaki, you know, chinos like Dockers. And I put it on and it's like, Ooh, you're feeling pretty.
0: Moderate, aren't you? Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. Like, wait, what? No, I'm cool. No, no, it's okay. You're not cool. You don't have to be. Yeah. Like, it, 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 the conversation's very funny. <laughs> Dockers are the ultimate centrist pants. That's why Tim and Eric wear them as a joke. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh
1: man. Uh, each of these pleats, uh, gives you just a, just a large amount of slack for your moral yep. compass. Yeah.
0: Large amount of slacks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, like we said before, this does show, you know, broadly uh, how humans, you know, individual people suffer at the hands of these. And, like, the final dialogue battle, you know, kind of talks about and comments on the way that a lot of these, you know, end up, you know, having a cost like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um in a general sense, so the, the kind of standout feature of this game is the writing. Uh this is what it has got all the accolades for. Mm-hmm. Um it is incredibly good. Um it is it reads novelistically, it doesn't have embarrassing video game writing, it doesn't have sloppy exposition, it doesn't have you know, I mean sometimes a character will tell you a history lesson, but you ask for it. Yes. You know, it doesn't just have uh you know, the it's well paced, um very poetic. Um it is uh Kind of uh, hyper-realized or a little elevated. Yes. In a, in a way that I think uh, most matches to me, um, Vertigo Comics. Okay. Um, I know that he is canceled, but I was like, oh, this is a Warren Ellis video game. Mm-hmm. Like this, Like, Warren Ellis has actually made video games, and they don't sound like this, but that's because right. he's really reigned in. This was like, oh, this is like, like Transmet. Mm-hmm. Style Like, this is very similar to Transmetropolitan, if you enjoy that comic, um, or, like, Grant Morrison writing or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, True Detective by Vonnegut by uh, Vertigo Comics is the the writing style of this. Mm -hmm.
1: And if all of those sound like things that you are 100% in for, you're going to find a lot to enjoy here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's really good, it's incisive, it's very punchy, mm-hmm. it's poignant when it needs to be. Uh the characters have very distinct voices.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um like I know a a Kim Kitsurugi line. Yeah. Uh, you know, before I read it. Um, <laughs> I know what he's going to say. Like that character ended up becoming very well realized and sketched to where it's like, Oh, Kim's not gonna like this. <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, bioware. It wasn't like, you know, oh, this character doesn't like it when I take closed palm, uh-huh. You know, closed fist, so I just know they're not gonna like it because mm-hmm. they're a 1D garbage character. Right. Like, no, it's like, no, this is a really nuanced, interesting character that, like, will make exceptions uh-huh. for things. Like, it, not only could I say, like, oh, Kim won't like this, I could predict, like, Kim will pretend not to like this, but actually will. hmm You know, that's fucking wild. <laughs> that is good characterization and writing. Yeah. You know, Kim won't like this, but once he tries it, he will. Yes. You know, like, that, uh-huh. that's... Just an absolute feat in terms of mm-hmm. like modeling yeah. human behavior and personalities in yeah. video games.
1: Or deciding I will take the lead in this because I know Kim has problems specifically with youth. I know that Kim has yeah. problems specifically with um like juvenile delinquency, right? Yeah. Um, or I will let Kim take the lead here because we can do a good cop, bad cop kind of thing. But it's never called that. Like it's yeah. never, it's never brought out as like, this is, you know, this is the system It is just left to grow organically until you have an incredibly good picture of, of who this guy is. And he doesn't just exist as, you know, as a foil to you. It's not like he is waiting for you to do one thing so he can be the opposite and there can be tension. Um,
0: no, not at all. Yeah. yeah he's like, not, he's not he, o- Oscar. As right. planned in Dark Souls one. Like he's his <laughs> yeah. own thing. Like we were besties by the end of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was personally invested in not letting down my good buddy. Yeah. You know, I liked it when this character liked me mm-hmm. because I was able to imbue my Harry with so much gariness Yeah, <laughs> that it mattered to me in a way that is incredibly rare for like a narrative mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Uh, and like, all those choices are what did it. Like I got to be Gary in this as opposed to another narrative game where I have to be whatever the story you're telling. Like yes. I, you know, have to be the, the negligent father from Heavy Rain. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Yeah. Um, I respected Kim. Like, just, I, I looked at the way that he handled himself around people, and when I earned his respect, that was a very God, good it moment. It feels
0: incredible. Yeah. And, like, like, like hey, off? how does that feel better than beating a Dark Souls boss? <laughs> like, earning, like, Kim, like, giving me a nod and, like, you know, barely perceptible smile because I did something. Uh-huh. It was one of my, like, best gaming feelings. Yeah. And it's because it was me. It was like, I was in it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that's fucking super cool.
1: Yeah. And and it's like, it's super, it's super like mechanically important too, because like, uh, you know, to to spoil something, there's a moment later in the, you know, in the story where like him trusting you determines whether or not you can save his life by warning him about danger.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. (sighs) It's just absolutely incredible. So he, he's obviously the, the, the biggest uh, you know, kind of, kind of character in this. Other characters are also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the pop-up, he's just the one that you have the most dialogue with. Like it yes. is, it is Harry and Kim's story primarily. Right. Uh, with this. Um, the, uh, the visuals are also really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, you know, your characters moving around on a pre, pre-painted kind of backdrop. Mm-hmm. Uh, portraits are done in this kind of oil painting way uh everything is kind of a little bit abstract um specifically the uh beksinski ask surreal drawings for the thoughts Mm -hmm. once you internalize them are really striking and cool they all look like king crimson album covers it's so
1: good um
0: yeah i'm way into them
1: yeah no just like like the the, the, a lot of them. specifically the thoughts in the thought cabinet are meldings of 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 like flesh and machine um in like a giger style way it's very good yeah. Um, yeah, the music is, is fantastic. I just, Some have huminal, been, yeah. I have been humming the, uh, the, the, song that plays when you're in the cafeteria, basically mm-hmm. in the, you know, since I started playing this three weeks ago.
0: <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. It's by a band called British Sea Power. Um, this is, you wouldn't think so, but this is largely a licensed soundtrack. Yeah. Um, a lot of these songs are instrumental versions of songs that they just have mm-hmm. that they wrote. Um, they aren't original compositions for the game. Yeah. Um, so if you like the music in this game, it seems likely that you will like the band, mm-hmm. British Sea Power. Yeah. Which I'd heard of, but never listened to.
1: I had never heard of them, and uh I'm probably going to give them a shot later on. So no.
0: um, I don't know whether I want vocals on this. Same. I think I'm just real into the uh you know the instrumentals. So I've been listening to the soundtrack of this mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um that and then the song when you first start going south when you leave the uh the hostel. Oh yeah. With the horn line that comes in. That's extremely good. As well. burr, burr, burr. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Really, really good shit.
1: Yeah. Um, the one thing is aesthetically that, you know, did not land for me entirely all of the time um, was the voice acting. Uh, you know, there are some characters who uh, when they speak, it really works. Like it is a good performance done. Well, uh, Kim sticks out. um, mm-hmm. Kuno, the delinquent that you speak with behind the uh, behind the hostel, where we'll talk about him, um, Everett Clare is done yeah. so extremely over the top that it actually ends up working very well. Uh, it's pretty inconsistent elsewhere, I think.
0: Mm. I, I nothing stood out to me as bad. Ah. So I think that we, I when those pop up, point them out just because I, I don't think I, I will note mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, nothing, not, those are like standouts for me as ones I thought were very good. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have quite as many, uh, you know, things. I was like, ah, this is mm-hmm. not great. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of these, uh, are, there are some guest voice actors from leftist podcast. Um, the main antagonist during the big action scene mm-hmm. is one of the, uh, the dudes from Chapo Trap House. Also the podcast Red Scare. Uh, get some play. I do not listen to those podcasts. I don't know these people really.
1: Neither do I. I know so. the Chapo people more than red scare, but mostly with they where they've intersected with other stuff that I listen to. Yeah.
0: See, Cole, we're not left enough. <laughs> we, there's not really a way to win. Like we can, we can be no. like, we don't, you know, don't listen to that podcast, but that's not good enough. And then, yeah. uh, you know, I don't, yeah, wh- wherever I, we are, it's wrong. I can't, so. I can't
1: help it that I, that, that I am more of a majority report person than Chapo. Rest in peace, Michael Brooks.
0: The absolute monster! How dare! How dare!
1: <laughs> I mean, but they've had every single one of them. They have Virgil Texas on so much,
2: Gary.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter because it's not straight from the source. You have to okay. have this kind of churlish disregard for human life. Mm, cool uh, is the cool. only thing that is acceptable.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we're going to make we're we're actually going to make people mad. I've got no problem really with with Chapo. I, <laughs> oh,
0: I I don't either. I, <laughs> yeah. I like I don't not listen to it out of like a principle. I just don't listen mm-hmm. to it because I'm not in the mood, like. Yeah, yeah, it's for that kind of podcast. It, it stresses me out. Yeah. What, what I am, what I am responding to is people getting cranky at us because we are too left, and then other oh, people yes. getting cranky at us for not being left enough, <laughs> um, and it just being like, I, I swear to God, I am not the parody that you think I am. People. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's uh, no, we we, we get that too. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, they come at us so, yeah. from all I, angles. I, I like to
0: see Chapo people on Twitter.
1: Mm-hmm. They make good. Funny They're jokes. very, very funny yeah um but you know some some of the some of their performances are a bit inconsistent, let's say yeah, um, but you know regardless, I think it's important if like them being in this probably was a huge part of uh you know what you know got a lot of people maybe interested in this like Hopefully. their 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 presence uh, kind of vouched for what this was ultimately going to be, i think yeah, yeah yeah <clears throat> uh so this game uh it's uh yeah it comes from a place. Uh, it is actually set in a world that was established uh, kind of first first published in this 2013 novel um, called Sacred and Terrible Air uh, that was mm-hmm. written by um, Robert Kervitz, uh who is a writer from Estonia. Um, he you know everything calls him a Karelian Estonian novelist. Karelia being like an ethnic group he uh, lives up in Estonia. Mm-hmm. I am ignorant of Estonia so I am go- I have yep. no- nothing else to say.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the uh the book itself it takes this is a prequel mm-hmm. to the book um so it's the same world but if you want to see how this world develops mm-hmm. uh that book is going to be few as we'll talk about later it did get reprinted because initially uh it was a huge flop yeah um only sold a thousand copies and this really depressed uh kervitz he fell into a deep depression and alcoholism right um you know which makes sense for this game starts making this game make kind of sense mm-hmm. you yeah. um he he kind of got out of this along with another novelist, uh, Kaur Kender. Um, and the two of them started writing about their experience, uh, with this, this bender and this drunkenness and this depression. Mm -hmm. Um, but they ended up wanting to have something a little bit with a little bit more of a broad appeal, um, Mm -hmm. interviews with the guy he talks about, you know, we have a, we, we wanted to make a commercial product. Like we wanted to make things something for people to exist, mm-hmm. you know, or to, to, to like, even though if it exists through our lens. Yeah. Like we didn't want to make something that was in an ivory tower. We wanted mm-hmm. to make something that people loved. Yeah. Um, and they chose a game, mm-hmm. uh, for that.
1: It was a very good choice. You know, <laughs> like, and, you know, even like the base principles of this came up in a very relatable kind of, kind of, kind of circumstance. Like, you know, he's, Kervitz is kind of between us in age. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he was born in 1984. Uh, and like, they came up with the base idea for the setting just while getting blasted drunk in 2005. You know, just like with his game group and his, you know, music group while just like listening to classical music and saying, oh, wouldn't it be cool if there was a blank? And that yeah. ultimately turned into this uh, it it was incredibly cool. relatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they decided, yeah, we're going to take this. We're going to try and turn it into a uh, a game instead of a novel. They set up the studio in 2016 and had really limited resources initially, uh, basically mm-hmm. uh, setting up and working from a squat uh, with just their own money and limited investment from friends and family um, mm-hmm. before they ultimately got venture capital and kind of moved to England, um, and primarily worked out of Brighton, but also you know it was an international production. They had contractors all over the place.
0: Yeah, I think that that um, practically that element of this being a commercial project product, and it being uh, this being part of their narrative, actually serves the the final piece so much. Yeah, um, I had a moment of this uh, when I was exploring the uh, doomed commercial uh, uh-huh. building. Where I was like, I am so glad this wasn't kickstarted, and I'm not reading Kickstarter, seeing back like backers and reading people's Mm -hmm. Kickstarter shit right now. Like I know that it's kind of popular to turn against that, and like I am in favor of Kickstarter as a thing. I've used it, I like it, but man, would that have pulled me out of this? Yes, Um, you know. Uh, So an early concept for this um, had a much more uh, pronounced buddy cop kind of aesthetic, as we called Torson and McLean. Um, they did not go with this, but those characters exist in the world. Um, they are <laughs> squad mates of your main character. Yeah. Torsten the Torso. <laughs>
1: and but yeah, they're just like the badass cops, uh, who occasionally, if you pass a spree to core checks, you will like get an inkling of what they are doing, um, elsewhere. Yeah. And it's always, you know, either badass or way over the line in a way yeah. that those kind of stories tend to be. Yeah. Um, early on, this had a combat system. They thought, hey, we're modeling this after a game with combat system. Um, I think very wisely they dropped it um, in favor yeah. of, you know, having the conversation system uh, be as mechanically intricate that it is.
0: And and sub in for combat when needed. Yeah. Um, again, like the uh, – the designer said that he wants to you know for the next project they do more combat is like the top of his list, yeah, like doing things that are more dangerous situations, but doing them in this engine mm-hmm. um you know what kind of interesting situations can you do if you are Emulating someone's high adrenaline thoughts during a, a situation of com- conflict, mm-hmm. but with this kind of tact as opposed to just, you know, die rolls to see if you hit or not, which does happen in this game. Like it says it doesn't have a combat system. There are points where you take a shot and then you have a die roll to see if you make it yeah. similar to Deus Ex, mm-hmm. you know, or, or something like that, like Fallout. Yeah. Um, it's just de-emphasized. Um, right. I think that they want to have more danger. Um, which to me is good because I love that scene very much. Very much. Um, They're originally going to have a third-party member. There are two now, uh, one that only kind of shows up at the end. Generally, you're with Kim. Mm -hmm. Um, This third-party member was going to be Lena, who is the cryptozoologist's wife, which sounded like a euphemism (laughs) when I first read it. And I was like, what is that a euphemism for? And then it's, nope, there's a large cryptozoology Uh subplot in this. Um, she is in a, a wheelchair and they, uh, they end up dropping this because of level design considerations. Yeah. Um, you know, and she even says it. I asked her to come with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, uh, you know, Revishol is not very real wheelchair accessible. Yeah. So.
1: no oh, but she's a good character. I like her.
0: Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Good, good yeah. for them. Not just like, you know, erasing her disability. Like they could have just made her walk and done the mm-hmm. character, but they're like, no, mm-hmm. we can't totally redo the game to make this you know wheelchair accessible it doesn't feel right to the sense of place mm-hmm. that it would be like this is a struggle this person would actually deal with yeah and it shows up in her character arc like she can't go out looking for her husband like mm-hmm. she can't you know and it's only a couple blocks away it's not that but it's far. like along a beach just,
1: like they're down on the reeds and stuff yeah, it just you know
0: exactly like she can't do that yeah so yeah, i thought this i actually like this portrayal of someone who is disabled
1: yes um so zaum they uh did something kind of unusual they opened the, they opened the game up for translations by fans. Um, and if a translation is used, they end up, uh, uh, crediting those fans for it. So like the credits Mm for this, you know, show like Chinese localization by so-and-so they are considered to be contributors to the work, which is very cool. Um, and that's one of the reasons why this got really popular in China. Uh, just, they have a particularly good localization there.
0: Yep. Making this a kind of a a summer theme because we're also going to do plants versus zombies, Mm -hmm. which I recently found out has like seven spinoffs that are, uh, China only. Oh, wow. So Yeah. Tons of different versions of that that are only uh, (laughs) available in China. Nice. Um, So this is incredibly literate, Um, you know, again, in the torment mold. Um, Mm -hmm. And it pulls from several, like, named and literary and philosophical inspirations. Yeah. Uh, There are also pop culture uh, inspirations as well. Yeah. Like, (laughs) quote. You know, NWA at you and such. Uh, The name of the bar is a name of a British Sea Power song. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: A whirling in rags.
1: Yeah. Uh, At one point when you're talking with shivers, you can um, quote a verse from DMX's Where to Hood At. Um, When your limbic system is talking to you, it sings a line from Only Love Can Break Your Heart by Neil Young, which I did not in a billion years expect to have happen in a game. But
0: here we are. Yeah. (laughs) Super, super good. Yeah. Um, the original uh, title of the game was going to be No Truce with the Furies, named after an R.S. Thompson poem. Um, that's used as the game's epigraph, but they changed it because everyone read it as furries instead of mm-hmm. Furies. Yeah. Um, you know, and it just like they didn't want to make, you know, No Truce with the Furries uh, is a totally different kind of thing.
1: Yeah. It just, uh, it puts it on a different footing, even if that that is not what they intended. Um, mm-hmm.
0: But they chose the name uh, Disco
1: Elysium. Which not only refers to the game's kind of aesthetic and specifically your character and people who are of his age cohort who are all kind of out of date and have, Mm -hmm. you know, basically this fashion, um, by default that is, you know, out of fashion by the time you arrive here. Um, what I didn't, what I didn't realize until I did did a little bit more reading, uh, reading disco is a double entendre. It means I learn in Latin. Mm -hmm. Um, and you are learning about Elysium here. So
0: neat. to yeah, learn the world. Good job. Um, the, t- the title I came around with on really hard when I found out that it did have meaning. Mm-hmm. Because initially it sounds like kind of low random, like yes. these are catchy sounds. Mm-hmm. You know, like somebody would name an album. Yeah. But I was happy that it was more grounded than Same. that. Um, this is an incredibly critically acclaimed game. Mm-hmm. Uh, tons, tons of accolades uh, sold really, really well. Um, there's hint of like a DLC yeah, in the yeah. game and it's, you know, it, the, when your character comments, like if we end up with a bunch of money, it seems like they did. So we will probably be able to do, you know, next year or the year after that mm-hmm. cover, you know, do an episode on the Legend of the Cocaine Skull yeah. uh, expansion, which I'd really like to do, Same. Uh, which is what fans think will probably be. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they want to make that expansion pack. They're also going to make a full sequel uh, day and date. Yep. You know, I, I I can't remember the last time I found a new property that I am like this on board with.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and there's also, again, that tabletop system, which we mentioned, uh, it's tentatively called your vapor. I am mm-hmm. less excited to actually play that, but I will definitely pick up the book to read it. Yeah. yeah it'll be wonderful these, to read. These yeah. yeah.
1: Exa- absolutely. I, man, I am so happy that this is uh,
0: successful, um, cause it doesn't feel right. Doesn't it feel no? like, in, like we don't deserve it. <laughs> Good things can't like it feels happen, right, but nothing feels right. Yeah. Right. Like it, it feels right, but things don't feel right anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, uh, this is actually awesome, but it doesn't feel like the kind of thing we should get. Right. <laughs> you
1: know, I feel like we've like lost the privileges for this kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Like, what do we do to deserve this? Yeah. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty nice. <laughs> you know, it feels good.
1: Uh, Day and Date for me is the translation of Sacred and Terrible Air. Um, mm-hmm. I also, I, like, I want that book to sell really well because, like, that would be a wonderful uh, kind of uh, conclusion to that book's story. Of, Mm -hmm. you know, being a flop and then being, you know, redeemed for this uh, author who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, given the work that I see on the screen here. So I want to pick that up. I'll be
0: real curious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely going to pick it up.
1: Something that I'm very trepidatious about is the television adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea this was going to be the thing until I went and shored up the notes today. Uh, it was announced in variety. There's really no detail aside from the fact that it is being produced by a production company called DJ two. Um, and like the main producer who is giving interviews about this was also a producer on the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah. Um,
0: good, good cop, blue cop. Like <laughs> let's get, that was also a buddy cop movie. Yeah. Okay. You know. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, was also dealt with, uh, issues of
1: technocracy
0: yeah. and uh, small town living versus
1: the big city. cities,
0: you know? So there, 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 are a lot of shared themes between the Sonic the Hedgehog movie and Disco Elysium, you know, uh, uh I don't think they'll, I don't want a TV show of this by any means. No, no. There, there's literally no performance that I think would be good right. for it. Like there, there are things that I like. Uh, obviously in the medium of TV and movie, but I think that this, uh, I don't even like, I want to read the book and I want mm-hmm. it to be successful. Yeah. I think that this is the secret sauce. I think that this presentation with this music, these graphics, mm-hmm. and really importantly, this gameplay is what makes disco Elysium. Agreed. Like, you know, so all of these little adaptations are things I just want to support because I don't want the spigot to shut off. I, Same. I really just want more game mm-hmm. because uh, mechanics are incredibly fucking important.
3: If, and you, they're if very you're important making here.
0: an indie, yeah. super important, you know, if you're making like an indie game, like you're making something soft and narrative, mm-hmm. like make your game fun to play and full of mechanics. You will get more investment. I promise you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Don't That's be scared. Like, yeah, don't be scared. Like I, I like, uh, even though it's not my favorite things, like, it's like, I like Phoenix, right. More than I like just a light novel with nothing in it. You know, give me uh give me those, give me that crunch.
1: Please. All the crunch you can give me.
0: Oops! All crunch games, <laughs> uh, but Gary, not the uh, labor kind. No, Sorry. no. Just oops. to make sure that that's yeah, out. No to... Oops! All crunch games wouldn't have come through well as a soundbite if mm. that's that was my response to like yeah, <laughs> like, you know, Rockstar like oops! All crunch games <laughs> and yeah. baby, I'm ooh. overworked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> ooh, you can you can really taste the tears on this one. Mm, yummy, yeah. yum. Yeah. get started um when you open mm-hmm. the game uh, you pick your uh you pick your uh character class you get three at the start i went with the sensitive mm-hmm. cop uh because i liked the description very psychological a magnetic personality but unstable you might lose your mind
0: yeah um and there is a uh, create your own character mm-hmm. uh mode which is what i end up doing um, you, when you do this, you are picking, uh, your stats and then you're also picking a principal stat, mm-hmm. um, which starts with a higher cap and at a higher number. Yes. So, uh, typically, you know, uh, you have these four attributes you can split between, um, you have points to make them all three, mm-hmm. which is average. Yeah. Um, I ended up going four, four, two, two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so four for my intellects, two for my physicals, uh, yeah. and that served me pretty well.
1: Yeah, now I was was at like five, five psyche, one intellect, which was very interesting um, Mm -hmm. to uh, to roll around. Like I ended up failing things that I felt like I ought to have, but the you know the empathy was off the charts, and like ultimately I I got around to, to conclusions through those compensatory skills.
0: Yeah. I think that might explain part of actually why uh, we had different experiences with the um, history stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Because if you have a high intellect, you have a high encyclopedia. And what encyclopedia does is just chime in defining things. <laughs> so all of my conversations that are these historical things would also have my brain telling me trivia or defining these things. Yeah. As they happen. So, <laughs> you know, each history lesson was, you know, roughly twice as long because my brain wouldn't shut up.
1: No, I am remembering things. My, my encyclopedia skill was awful. It was encyclopedia Shatanica.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So yeah, it is. That will make a big difference. (laughs) Um, Just, just defining things and knowing history as a skill in this.
1: Yeah. I got really annoyed when I ran up against the one character who has a really high uh, encyclopedia skill. I couldn't imagine that happening (laughs) all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: It's very
0: Um, funny that you run into another character who's having the same mm -hmm. struggle that you are, who has a skill that is too high, and it makes them less bearable to be around.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So you pick that, and uh, the majority of the opening of the game is against a black screen. You have the epigraph. Mm -hmm. You know, the Furies are at home in the mirror. It is their address. Even the clearest water, if deep enough, can drown. Uh, Kind of setting up right away that this is... You know a story about reflection and a story about um the things inside you that are killing you,
0: yep true, yeah, uh, and it opens up very specifically with uh, your ancient reptilian brain, which is one of these characters uh, they have and your limbic system mm-hmm. uh, both uh struggling over you, both arguing um and this is uh weirdly this is very similar to uh being born in alter ego. Yeah, (laughs) You know, with different parts of, you know, your, your brain telling you what it's like if you wake up, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, the reptilian brain says like offers you more oblivion, like it wants to die and be out of it. Your limbic system says, you know, listen, these are, these are truths that are going to bring you back to humanity. Yeah. Um, you know, there are, there are apes who are up, you know, up on the surface of that punching each other, Mm
3: -hmm. you know, Uh, if you get
0: that line, if you make that check or whatever, you can bring that up later. Oh, yeah? Uh, which is very fun. You get to ask uh, the, the, rep- the Pines representative, like, is this about the apes? You know? <laughs> and you know, Kim gives you a side eye, and yeah. it's very fun. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Yeah. At this point, though, I was very much choosing Oblivion because it was offering comfort.
2: hmm
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but regardless, the meat thing fires up. Your body uh, kicks into action uh, because it wants mm-hmm. to walk the desert, hurting, longing, dancing to disco music.
0: Yeah. Uh and you waken, uh, in this game, you know, again clear torment things, waking up on a slab. You wake up dead on the ground mm-hmm. in your underwear, uh absolutely totally shitty hotel room that is absolutely trashed, beer bottles everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um in only in your soiled underwear. Right. Like I, I thought a couple times about this, how my guy must smell mm-hmm. because I didn't get a chance to wash up until like end of day two, <laughs> you know? So I was just like, Oh man. Well,
1: yeah. Well, because you, because you broke your sink and your shower, your bathtub yeah. was full of beer bottles.
0: Well, and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So really no good. And I drink no water during <laughs> any of this too, which is just me being an old man thinking about this. I mean, like, of course you have a hangover, buddy. Yeah. Come on. Man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you don't earn the the nickname to Tequila Sunset,
0: you know. Yeah, exactly.
1: By drinking water, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you wake up, you know, only in your underwear. It it looks like an explosion went off. Like all of your yeah. clothing is everywhere. You only find one of your shoes initially. Uh, you find the other mm-hmm. one. If you go out on the balcony, you threw it through the broken window. You're uh, uh, kind of omin- ominously. Your necktie is um, hanging from the ceiling fan, kind of implying yeah. that you probably tried to do yourself in. Yeah. Uh,
0: the the hideous necktie uh, <laughs> here, which we'll talk to you, is a character yeah. um, and has a pretty fun payoff. Did you get the payoff? For oh, the yeah. The spirit necktie? bomb? Yeah. 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 I, I like that quite a bit. Um, the, uh, I also, the first time I played this, I died turning on the light. Oh, fun. Uh, turning on the light in the, uh, the room, um, will kill you. Mm-hmm. It does damage. I had nothing to heal, so I had to start over. Um, you can die in a lot of ways, yeah. uh, that are like that, uh, just kind of for that joke. And then also to show how unhealthy you are. Yeah. Um, you know, so I went into the bathroom, looked at the mirror, um, your instinct try to stop you from clearing the fog to look at yourself. Yeah. Um, but if you, and if you don't, uh, ever look at yourself, your portrait for the whole game will be fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the UI, which is a really nice touch.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I did clear it, uh, and you get this kind of, you know, piece of shit. Like you get big mutton chops, mm-hmm. um, and something they call the expression.
1: It's this um, horrible grin. Um, this
0: shit eating grin, uh, that you learn from a, a di- like a, a disco star. Mm-hmm. You pick that up from a, a disco guy. That was the first thought I got. Yeah. And my, my thought cabinet was, uh, learning about that guy.
1: Yeah. Um, and you can even, you know, by looking at this, you can pass a check and say, like, oh, the, you know, I don't recognize this face. This is the face of late-stage alcoholism. Um, yeah. You know, you're bloated and the skin is, you know, reddened. There are burst blood vessels. You know, there's, like, lividity. There's, you know, blue bruising yeah. around. You Huge are Huge gin blossom. Yeah. Like. you, you <laughs> your, your nose is a big red bulb. Um, you are wearing every single hardship you've ever had on your face. Um, mostly the self-inflicted ones, uh, are at the surface.
0: Yeah. Little pro tip for you. Uh, the game allows you to shave at some point. Don't, don't, <laughs> uh, you look like shit. Uh, I don't think it has a negative actual effect on the story, but my character looks like absolute garbage without that beard covering his compromised face, so, uh-huh. which again, highly relatable. <laughs> yep. Like, uh, don't shave is a good pro tip in general. Yeah. Uh, but certainly for this video game, like yeah, you, know you yeah. want people to see more of your puffy, compromised mm-hmm. face <laughs> in quarantine times.
1: Yeah, oh gosh. I don't, even drink, I don't want people
0: to see my face. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> so.
1: No, uh, you can also you can also pass some checks to um, uh, clear the expression to stop doing it because at this point it's you know involuntary. Uh, if you stop doing the expression, you just have this face of extreme sorrow. Yeah. I, I
0: never got to stop making the uh, the expression until I shaved.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the expression without the mutton chops would be really
0: upsetting, actually. Be, I yeah, I don't know that it exists in the game. Right. It's like it's going to be cut from the files. It's like Luigi and Super Mario Bros. 64. <laughs> but it's there. Uh, it's there, Gary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll find it in 20 years, man. Yep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. When they do, yeah. Um, so you leave your, your hotel room. Uh, here, which you have to do to go out to the deck to get your shoe. Yes, uh, it's very clever as you're gathering your clothes here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's teaching you that the clothes have uh, bonuses and detriment,s yeah, as well as you put them on, uh, and you meet uh, probably the third major character mm-hmm. in the game, uh, Cla- Clasier.
1: Clasier, yeah.
0: Cl- Clase, yeah. Clasier. They, 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 uh, they who,
1: very kindly give you a small pronunciation guide, so it's Revishol Aranya and Clasier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um and she you have amnesia you can start talking to her and it's up to you how you how you do this mm-hmm. you know uh you can say that you're a police officer or she tells you rather that you're a police officer yeah. kind of gives you the basics um you can actually like hit on uh this person mm-hmm. um and this was ended up happening so before i vibed with the game when i thought this was going to be a churlish joke fest mm-hmm. for the entire time i was like okay let's see what happens yeah like i don't yeah. like sex in video games uh which spoiler you cannot have sex in this video game. right um but i don't i don't like that but i was like let's see what happens mm-hmm. and i passed the check and it was just she's like oh it, it would make sense that you would want that like alcohol is, you know, ups your testosterone yeah, yeah. Um, and you drink a lot. And that was my, it ended up cluing me in almost earlier than I would have wa- ideally <laughs> wanted that checks are not mind control. Yes. Like, it's not like I passed a persuasion check. This person has to do what I say. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. Uh, Classy is really interesting. I like that. You, she is the first person that you meet and she ends up being kind of the fulcrum on which the mystery uh, hinges. And mm-hmm. having much more of an agenda uh than she first lets on. Uh, you know, you don't even really know her name, you just kinda refer to her as Miss Aranya Disco Dancer. Um, and she's kind of this hip um almost like a like mod looking kind of person. M O D, not M A U D. E. Um <laughs> You know. I, uh Go ahead.
0: No, I was gonna say I I didn't never saw her as like particularly hip, like I think she's supposed to look very strung out, like, um, like, na- like Nancy, like Sid, and Nancy, Nancy.
2: Yeah, you know, I,
0: like, uh, like, just really, really used up.
1: Yeah, maybe it's the bangs and her, like, like, like her. Um, I don't know, like body type that made me think like she was supposed to be, or maybe maybe like her clothing. I got like a real hmm. like Margot Tenenbaum kind of vibe off of her.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I de- I was definitely thinking Nancy. Yeah, like I was definitely so. thinking. Drugged, you know. The reason why this person knows me is because we hung out because we're both drugged out failures. Yes, even yeah. before I found out she was a drugged out failure.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, if you fail that check, uh, she says, "Wow, I really, really pity you. Do you need help?" Yeah. Um, which is, um, you know, not necessarily the best thing for somebody's self esteem.
0: <laughs> no, it, it, <laughs> but it is a theme.
1: Yeah. Oh, and you, you yeah, take yeah. a uh, you take a cycle psycho- you take a psychological hit on that. You know, you, yeah, you lose you lose some self on it. Yeah. Yep. Um but like while you're talking to her when she says, you know, you're a cop, this is the first time your authority speaks up and demands that you assert yourself. Authority is always waiting there in the wings looking for somebody to disrespect you and prompting you to squash it immediately with yeah. um outsized non-proportional force. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um yeah. And this was uh, similar to you, this was the thing I did not listen to mm-hmm. most. Um, yeah. so uh it's also it should be noted, uh this is a pretty nonlinear game. Yeah, um, yeah. You technically have a time limit, uh, but it's very generous. I think it's ten days. Mm-hmm. Um I ended up beating it uh in five days, so before like a major character died, I just ended up reading it. yeah Um and I wasn't rushing it, it just how it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh so we're talking about today in this episode all day one stuff, Yeah. You know, we may not get to everything and not all of the stuff has to happen on day one. Right. Um, it is actually entirely viable to ignore your quest mm-hmm. for a couple days. Um, you know, don't start investigating the murder. Don't do any of that stuff. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Uh, the game still allows for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Um, you know, so you talk with her and you, you know, part on whatever terms you're able to part with. And it just in case the tie um talking to you didn't indicate what was going on here, you can inspect an ashtray on one of the tables on the mezzanine mezzanine up here and electrochemistry uh pops in. Uh this is your physical addiction, um, primarily urging you to drink, do drugs and have sex.
0: Yes. Yep. And telling you information yep. about those things. So if you need to know what a drug does, mm-hmm. electrochemistry is that part of your your body.
1: I thought electrochemistry was going to be really one note. There is a particular electrochemistry line if you pass a check much, much later on. That was one of the most poignant things in the entire game for me. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. Nothing nothing is particularly one note in this. Yeah. Even like authority ends up having some use and some mm-hmm. you know, again, that's what it's what saves Kim's life.
1: Yeah. You know. Um but yeah, uh, the, the, you know this is a conflict between electrochemistry and your stick in the mud uh, volition, and it starts one of your first quests, one that I never actually completed to find and smoke some cigarettes.
0: Oh yeah, the yeah. straight straight edge cop that I, I end up playing because <laughs> it, it just you know again, uh, I don't want to do do drugs. Yeah. I don't in drugs. That's not me. Yeah. I'm not a cool leftist enough. Um, uh, I don't do drugs. I forget what the name Um, of
1: the straight edge uh, thought is. It's like the wasteland of uh, like the, the wasteland of the present or something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's something like that. Mm. Um, It did not make a, uh, one of the things, you know, this is not a a ding on this game at all, but it did not. uh, I did not feel like I suffered from not doing drugs. Mm -hmm. All I suffered from was electrochemistry kind of like nagging me. Every yeah. once in a while, but there were no, like, withdrawal symptoms, anything like that. Like, this game's not trying surprised. to model addiction.
1: Yeah, I was surprised yeah. that I didn't attempt to do that,
0: actually. Yeah,
1: me
0: too. Yeah. Um, so you get, get your whole clothes uh, set up. You go downstairs um, and uh, kind of look around. The, uh, the, the, the good music starts mm-hmm. uh, that I definitely used for this part, you know, leading into the actual game section. Yeah. Um, and uh, you meet your partner, Kim. Uh, Kim Kitsuragi. Uh, we'll talk about him as their kind of revelations about him, but they, mm-hmm. you know, still waters run very deep Yes, uh, with him. And he asks, like, you know, do you have your memory? And you can lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have long said that lying is the mark of good role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not having a truth bot who just says honorable but good things uh, <laughs> is what elevates, like, good games writing from bad good writing, you know, bad games writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this one, you can lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically didn't. Uh, in this, because I, you know, got the sense that it was kind of fail forward and it would be okay. Yeah. Um. I did lie strategically for cop stuff. Thinker. Yes. Yeah. But I was definitely open with Kim about like, yeah, I don't have my memory. Yeah. Um. He initially just chalks this up to uh your alcoholism, but also he's incredibly stoic. Yes. Um. He does not. He is actually a little shaken by this if you persist in it. Mm-hmm. Um. But he never shows that he's shaken. Yeah. Um, and you, you know. kind of learn a little bit about your murder mystery, like why he's here and why ultimately you're here.
1: hmm yeah. Um, and, you know, he explains, you know, we've got some tasks. You, you know, I, I also confessed that I did not have my memory because I figured it would be better to have him on my side than to work against him on this. I did not trust mm-hmm. I would be able to pass the checks um, to, uh, to, to, to convince him that I had all my marbles still. Um, but yeah, well, you know, like we have these tasks, but first and foremost among them right now, at least, is to get the body down from a tree. Um, you know, I have been here for about a week. Um, since this murder, that is the instigating event of the game, and the body is hanging up there and bloating and stinking, kind of in the center of, the, of town.
0: Yeah, ruining the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, like bringing down they, they bring down property values. Bring down property values, but also they they bring some some real great like poignance out of that as well. Yeah. Uh, You know, super, super good. Mm -hmm. Um, You talk to the cafeteria manager who looks like a Kickstarter portrait, even though he's not. Mm -hmm. And he uh, he says that, you know, you ask him about the body. He says there's an employee named like he wasn't there. He manages many hostels. He wants you 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 to know this.
1: I manage many. I'm not a bartender. I am responsible for many bars. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, authority stat in this guy. Um, but he says, you know, the employee that was on duty during that time, Sylvie, might have some information. Mm-hmm. Um, and then says, like, listen, you caused a lot of damages here in the last couple of days. Like, you owe me this money. Um, and you. this is where the kind of degree of your amnesia mm-hmm. comes comes into play. Like, it's not just that you don't know your name and things that happened, you don't know basic concepts. It's like weight bait. You need <laughs> Zan to send you the learning learning tapes with like, what do they call that? Yep. You know, it's literally that's that Tim and Eric. Sketch. So.
1: <laughs> oh God, Zan. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but you get an encyclopedia check uh, to, you know, to figure out, okay, do I have money? Okay. Why do I need to pay him for this? Oh, you need a place to stay. What is a home? Um, and yeah. you know, I am, you know, I can respond to that and say, like, I don't really care what a home is. And this is where I got my first thought. Um, I could put into the thought cabinet. I could decide whether or not I wanted to be a hobo cop.
0: Yep. Also hobo? one of the, the copo types.
1: Yes. Like, not, not the, the preferred nomenclature, but there are benefits to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was my second, I had the expression as the first one, um, the disco guy, but there are different, uh, different kind of ones and you only have one slot. Right. At first. Uh, it was pretty funny uh, when he asked me to pay. Um, <laughs> upstairs, you can find a handful of change. Yep. <laughs> he won't um, take it. We, we should... Yeah, I was like, is this money? Yeah. He was like, no. Um, we should talk about the economy yes. of the game. Because that's kind of a general mm-hmm. thing. Um, again, mechanics are important. This is a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to worry about paying rent. Like, yeah. you need to come up with a certain amount of money per day. Um, you find this either through uh, plot events... Uh, through pawning things, which you have to be careful what you pawn because sometimes mm-hmm. things can be valuable later.
3: Yep.
0: Um, or through collecting terror. Um, you can pick up a yellow garbage bag and start collecting bottles and cans mm-hmm. everywhere and trading that in just to make your $20 for rent.
3: Yeah, $0.10 and cents at a time.
0: Yeah, Yep, $0.10 cents at a time. Like eventually you can find a cheap or free place to live mm-hmm. and, and take up on that. Um, this also plays into, uh, bribes. Like when we start talking about the corruption of the union, mm-hmm. um, there's a very hilarious scene where they initially send you a bribe and they do it in the most ostentatious manner. <laughs> uh, it's very, very funny. Yep. Uh, so money is important and this is not only does this drive that part of your game, like the, your brain, like the strategic, you know, kind of, uh, I'm going to save up for something I want,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, part, which is great. Yep. It gives you something to do while you're exploring. Yeah. Um, like looking in things and shuffling for containers in a normal video game that will feel like a, a dumb distraction mm-hmm. since this one is all a uh, killer, like that ended up functioning as the minor parts where my brain rested. Yeah. Like I'm just going to pick up these cans. I'm in the room. Like it's a little bit of compulsive gamer behavior, mm-hmm. but I'm not being asked to think about anything yeah. while I do this. And it ended up being really, really important in terms of downtime for me.
1: Yeah. Um, it also characterizes this neighborhood really well. Um, you know, just the idea that there are bottles and stuff laying all over the place. The fact that you never really kind of run into, you know, more than a handful of change in a given spot where somebody might've like stashed it away. The fact that like, one of the things you can do is ask for money and every, like everybody has an explanation for like, why, why times are really tough. Why else would I be here? Things like that.
0: Yeah even though a lot of people will give you money because mm-hmm. you're asking for a bribe, whether you know it or not. Yeah. Um, and, and not doing that is one of the, is the, how you get on the honor cop mm-hmm. uh, thing, which I did not become an honor cop. I want to for my next playthrough though, because at one point you shove your thumb up your own ass to prove how honorable you are. <laughs> um, and I don't know how that comes about. And I want to read about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to see how that comes about. So it's definitely going to be a role playing challenge next time mm-hmm. I play because I don't, you know, I was not into the honor cop options. Right, right. I will do it uh, for, I'll do it for the cause.
1: Yeah. Like, like um, not even Kim is an honor cop, really. Like he's, you, you know, know.
0: Kim is horrified by yeah. it. Yeah. Like he's like, surely you're not going to do this. And you're like, no, I'm honorable. And you, you like, I just read about it. I didn't actually do it, but it's pretty yeah. incredible. <laughs> Very good.
1: Oh, jeez. Uh, so, uh, while you're here, you can talk with Lena, uh, the cryptozoologist's wife. Um, and you can bring up your amnesia. Like I was just Mm -hmm. very open with my condition with people and they were much more accepting of it, um, Mm -hmm. than I expected them to be. Um, and this is where you get a little bit of like a, like, like a lesson. You can ask about the town. You can learn that Ravishal is ruled by these foreign powers, um, and if, you know, if you know what democracy is, you can ask them, you can ask her like, Hey, so like, is there democracy here? She says, well, yeah, but it's like market driven, you know, ever since the revolution failed. So learn yep. again, learning these small, these small little details.
0: Yep. Um, go outside, uh, the car that initially woke you up that, that <laughs> brought your liver, liver brain out of, uh, Slumber is there. Um, this is Kim's police car. Uh, kind mm-hmm. of a rarity. Like, not everybody has a car in this this area. It is yeah. a nice car compared to the rest of the cars.
1: Yeah. It's um, Kim's pride and joy. He uh, is yep. a real gearhead.
0: Yep. Um, and you can... This is important for two reasons. One, uh, you get your tools out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, the game has this very simple tool system. Um, a flashlight, a pry bar, and a, uh, pliers, mm-hmm. or pliers that you can have equipped to allow you to do certain kind of checks. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is this is how you radio back. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can radio back, it, uh, radios to Kim's, um, your precinct by default. This is how you can talk to Sylvie, but you can also connect it to your precinct. Mm-hmm. And this, this is where uh, you kind of learn a little bit about your reputation here.
1: The 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 dialogue when you uh, kind of say to them, "Come on, come on, guys, just just like yeah. when you explain what's going on and they are they are laughing at you and mocking what a fuck up you are, like yeah. uh, like that fired my mirror neurons. It was like, oh god, just give me a fucking break. Like this is a real problem. Laughing at it isn't fixing it. You monsters.
0: Yeah." Even that, like I again the climax of this game, like mm-hmm. I love how that is kind of recontextualized. Yeah. At least I you know, at least it was for me as a Harry Redeemer. Yes. You know, as somebody who who turned my guy into a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um but the the reason why they're laughing at you specifically is that you lost your badge and gun, which is a huge deal. <laughs> um, Kim asked you for your your badge at some point. Mm-hmm. You can also call and be like, uh, I want to get some basic information, you know. And your your skills will say like oh, that information should be on your badge. Yeah. And you can ask the you know the person uh, the mm-hmm. dispatcher like to read it, and they're like, well, we can't do that over the air. Like you have access to your badge, <laughs> right?
1: Uh, it's so funny. Um, but it's a real problem that you don't have your badge. Like people will not trust you, you know, like there's, there, there's some things that you cannot do until you find it. Um, and the fact that you have your gun floating out, uh, out here in this mm-hmm. world where guns are a rarity, um, you know, like, basically any of your skills that could cause you to feel guilty about that yeah they, yeah they make you feel guilty like it paints a picture of like a kid finding it and accidentally shooting himself it runs through every single one of these psa's
0: yep it's also this is uh one of the things the game i think does not actually it communicates us through a tool tip but i don't think it communicates <laughs> it super well in game mm-hmm. is that a lot of these quests are not Like a typical role-playing game quest where you just go do the thing. Right. Um, These will stretch out over days. There are things you were not able to do, until you know, for several days. Yeah. Um. So this actually threw me a little bit because I'm like, okay, got to get my badging gun, Mm -hmm. and ended up wasting some time.
1: Yeah, chasing specifically after that.
0: Looking around for things I could not get. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, these are not as crucial as they could be. Um, mm-hmm. I never got my gun. Oh wow. Uh, from this. I started kind of the quest for it, but I never finished it because, you know, failures and because I didn't want to and ended up uh, getting a very funny line in the end because of that. <laughs> so we'll talk about that next depo.
1: Yes, we will, um, but yeah you're you you're, you're <laughs> the people at your station they call you Dick Mullins. you know this would be mm-hmm. like you know people calling you dirty Harry or something like that. Yeah. Dick Mullins is just this you know cop in literature who is you know known for being this super detective, obviously, mm-hmm. well, I mean, at this point, it seems like they are being sarcastic they I mean we're gonna learn later. they kind of mean it,
0: yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. And this is probably a reference to Nick Mullins oh, yeah. uh the dirtbag leftist Twitter guy who has some problematic elements. Yeah. Um the uh so they're not gonna give you your gun or badge and they won't send you any money. Mm-hmm. Uh you know. And the uh when you hang up on this person you can overhear your partner and also your like a spirit decor uh skill can start kind of letting you know what's happening yeah uh, there like that is a very weird skill specifically for reading cops minds anywhere in the world mm-hmm. um it allows you to read Kim's mind all of the time yeah. but you can also read you know know what's happening down at the precinct yeah um and uh they're just like, yeah like what if you know somebody's like, hey, give him a break mm-hmm. um you know maybe he's actually gonna try to get better, and your old partner uh Jean Vicmer says you know he in the past he said he doesn't want to get better he just wants to get worse like this yeah. is a lost cause mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you have, you know, eventually sunk down, like later on, there's a, there's a conversation like, oh yeah, no, you're a loner cop. Like that, like that's the last stage. Know yeah. when, you know when of alcoholic cop is when you do not want to work with anybody, you know, you're a yeah. hermit cop, I think is what they called it. Yeah. And, I, and that's yeah. ultimately what you are um, yeah. or what you, what you have become, you know, prior to this. Um. Yep. You can, you know, after this, okay, like, yeah, they're not going to help me. I can follow this lead. You can radio Sylvie, um, the girl from the hostel who 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 we think called in the murder. Um, and, again, more guilt. Uh, she actually quit her job because of how you behaved during the week you were there. You were waving your gun around, yeah. drunkenly talking about suicide, throwing taxidermy birds at the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, you know, putting your gun in your mouth and telling people to dare you to pull the trigger, like really yeah. abusive mm-hmm. shit. Right. Yeah. Um, and this is, uh, you know, you can have the creeping realization,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, depending on your skills that this was you. Yeah. And this started my, my long journey of being ultimately sorry cop. Yeah. Uh, because learning about all the horrible things that I had done uh, mm-hmm. made me feel legit bad. Yeah. Uh, in this game. <laughs> Even down so, to
1: like like just just a detail they pulled you know a story beat they pulled from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. You decided to see how bad your room could get.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> like because uh, the thing about a Hunter S. Thompson
1: yeah. is
0: you would never ever want to know them or be friends with no, them or no. think about them or look at them or anything. Right? Like if if you had the uh, you know <laughs> if you if you if you had your druthers, mm-hmm. no one wants to be around a Hunter S. Thompson. No, like that that shit is so sad. mm Hmm. Like, man, like a 45 year old man who who acts like that mm-hmm. is the saddest shit that's ever been. Yep. Uh, do not do. I um, yeah. So uh you kind of get some more insight on this night this really horrible night. Mm-hmm. Um, you find out that you clogged uh, your toilet. she so you had to, like uh, with your ledger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these things that you've done, and she basically uh, gives you very little information. um, lets you know that she did not actually put in the call. Right. Um, we assumed it was her because she was on duty, but she did not because the union might get uh, in. You know, might get her in trouble. They actually have to approve everything, and you can say, you know, to Kim, like, "Is that true?" And he's mm-hmm. like, "In practice, yeah. Like yeah. we actually have very little power here. We're not going to get back up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're loan operators.
1: Yeah." And in fact, we learn later on, like we were only sent here because both of our precincts, even though we technically would have jurisdiction over this, nobody Mm -hmm. wants to actually police this place because of the union and because of, you know, the different factors in play here. So go to the backyard. Yeah. To the body. Yeah. So we go back, we go back and we see the, uh, we go back and see our dangler here. Um, Mm -hmm. you can get to the, you know, get, get into the backyard of the hostel through a, uh, a fence that has been conspicuously knocked down uh, by a speeding car. Um, it, it, what's that?
0: Driven through.
1: Yes, yeah, uh, it's been driven through, and you can follow the uh, the tire marks. And you know, points away. Uh, three guesses about who uh, did that. Um, and you go into mm-hmm. the back there, and we get the scene of the dead body. You know, hanging from a tree. Um, and this little red headed street tough gremlin named Kuno throwing rocks at the body.
0: Yeah. Uh, while his friend, uh, Kuno S, uh, very funny (laughs) watches, uh, we have to talk about Kuno. We do for a moment. Kuno is a major character in this. And again, in the, uh, off-putting characters who are actually sympathetic, Mm -hmm. you know, the kind of like John Darnielle style (laughs) heart at the, the, the seat of these fuck ups. Uh huh. um, but the other thing – the thing about Kuno is that they make his voice so effectively grating uh-huh. uh, that I had a really hard time with Kuno. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I put more points into figuring Kuno out uh-huh. uh, to retry checks than anything in the game. He's really, like when,
1: really hard. You can lock yourself a, out of so much yep. with him by, like, picking a choice that you don't even realize is going to have that kind of consequence.
0: Yep. Like the when when Empathy Kuno showed mm-hmm. up. Um that is when like my I ended this game with like an empathy skill of, like nine, Oh, wow, like which is like ludicrous, but I was <laughs> like i gotta get gotta get that kuno, yeah, gotta understand kuno um he is really like throws around a lot of slurs, yeah um at you, uh he's just throwing rocks at a corpse, and the, the corpse is hanging bloated and is wearing power armor boots mm-hmm. uh it's a really striking scene, yeah. Uh, in general. Yeah. Uh, and they're so hostile. <laughs> like, uh, they, you, you,
1: like you walk into a scene from gumo.
0: Like it, it's very gumo. Like, you know. um, yeah, really nasty. Um, you know, talks, uh, they, they threaten you and stuff. And, uh, one thing I noticed like pretty early on was Kuno, Kuno S was the person leading this. Yes. Which ends up being the secret of Kuno, which is really interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, their relationship is pretty great.
1: Yeah. Um, In terms
0: of interesting, not yeah,
1: and like the the, the 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 no, it's definitely not healthy. Uh, Kunoas has some real problems, and Kuno is very concerned about her, uh, and mm-hmm. f- for her good, does not want to alienate her. Um, yeah, because he is genuinely afraid of her as well. Um, yeah, but you but, get to
0: solve Kuno, you don't get to solve Kunoas. No, no, as far she's, as I know.
1: That she requires a little bit more artillery than you can bring to this.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, yeah like Kuno is a delinquent. He's like a ten year old drug addict. He's a speed head who has like a shrine in a little shed that's nearby. You know, like this is the best thing that's happened to him so far is having a corpse to throw rocks at. Um yeah. and he only refers to himself in the third person, and the thing that he says most often is Kuno don't care.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Kuno don't fucking care. Like, it's this, like, very, like, high pitched, activated mm. voice. Yeah. Uh, thing. As you start kind of interviewing them, eventually they'll start screaming rape. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this, and you can be like, okay, I gotta go. Yeah. And stop talking to him. But he'll be out here basically all the time. Right. Doing this. And ended up being a way more important character than I thought. Like, yeah. you know, he's in the second tier easily. Mm hmm. You have important characters of this. Um, so you start inspecting the body. Um, most notably, it is hung by a cargo strap, which implicates the union. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing this and the smell, um, you throw up, uh, this, I think this first throw up, and uh, this is a check as well. This is a, yeah. this is a body check. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Kim says like, Hey, get some ammonia, uh, from there. Um, he mentions that the gardener might have some ammonia. There's also a convenience store
3: mm-hmm.
0: across the, uh, around the corner. You know. Um the gardener, who is no gardener, uh, <laughs> will give you ammonia, which gave me a bonus, but I still couldn't do it. I still
1: yeah. I think I like it was on my fourth try. Um I, yeah. I eventually had to start putting points into endurance, which also ultimately paid off uh later on for um, you know, taking damage. So it wasn't that big mm-hmm. of a deal. But like that was a huge hurdle to get over, was even approaching the body to get a good look at it. Um, and, and Kim is extremely sympathetic about it while also being firm. Like he can give you the inspiration. Like you'll say like, Oh, you know, get your shit together. You know, like if I can't be candid with you partner, um, you, you know, like you, you can only do this when you get your shit together. Like the hangover can't be helping you. Like you've got a lot going on. A body is bad enough for you know me. Somebody, somebody who's been around it a lot. And this unlocks the thought, the volumetric shit compressor. Um, which, uh, completing this will actually take you a long way toward being able to clear the check to get close.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's a really short time I mean, on that. Like Kim even says, like, it should take about a half hour Yeah, and it does. So mm-hmm. he wants you to go walk around. Yeah. Um, at this point, this is, uh, the next note you have, I didn't do this until later. Oh. Um, but there's a, a dumpster there as well. Um, you have to go get the key from the uh, Kickstarter backer portrait. Um, <laughs> that's manning the bar and several bars, uh, to root around there. hmm and uh, this is where the victim's jeans and shirt uh, ended up, as well as a coffee cup, a broken coffee cup.
1: Yes, a broken racist coffee cup. Um, yep. So this opens up another uh, kind of you know question. We need to figure out who messed with the who messed with the crime scene to you know hide these clothes that were pulled off of the yep. body. Um,
0: it's worth noting, like, just be I think we mentioned this in generalities, but I just want to underline it. Uh, this functions, you know, this is cerebral and heady and funny and, sur- you know, surreal. Mm-hmm. It also functions really well as a murder mystery. Yeah. Um, the actual, just nuts and bolts, like, investigation and murder gameplay of this is mm-hmm. excellent. Yeah. And the number of sensible red herrings, like, I was very satisfied with the first several twists, and by the time it did an intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of out of nowhere twist for the end yeah i had transcended to looking at this in a deeper way so where i ended up like really liking that actually
1: yeah yeah you know
0: um a straight read is possible and fulfilling for a large portion of this
1: mm-hmm. uh I and mean, we'll talk about it when we get there but it has the thing that i love in any mystery story where it seems that all is lost but then something comes in that connects to you know, elements that you previously wrote off as being disparate. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Very well. And it
0: specifically there's like a like a somebody has like the you know, the ten rules of mystery or whatever, that that's a thing that exists. This mm-hmm. game specifically subverts a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh on purpose. Yeah. Um, you know, as part of part of their goal for that thing. And it does not end up feeling cheap, just through mm-hmm. kind of like overall quality, I feel like. Yeah. So
1: Yeah. Um so we're gonna need to figure out who uh messed with this stuff. Uh but, you know, doesn't end up being the uh the important lead, but of course you need to uh chase it down. Uh but this We don't le- know that. Well at yeah, this point. At this point. It
0: yeah. would make sense for the person who murdered to uh to throw try to hide any evidence or something.
1: Yeah. Um, but something that we can, you know, interact with, you know, you go into your inventory is this ledger, which is, you know, a big old ledger attached to a clipboard that has a compartment in it. Um, and this is yours. Like this has from the
0: dumpster. Yes. It's, It's not just in our, in our inventory. This was specifically thrown out after we tried to flush it.
1: Right. Yeah, uh, Sylvie, uh, is the one who threw, threw it away because it was, you know, covered in toilet water.
0: Covered in shit water, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you, you know, you find this here and you can use your logic skills specifically to try and discern what is in here, to try and learn a little bit about your past as a detective, um, and try to figure out, you know, what work you have done the case up to this point.
0: Mm-hmm, Yeah. Uh, This is all also stuff I didn't do until way later. Okay. uh, Which is really interesting. Um, You know, it's just surreal for me Mm -hmm. uh, to do this because there's also stuff I probably did on the first day that is, like, going to be at the end of our next episode. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, When you do so, uh, you can see there's a hologram on the clipboard, uh, which will activate in light. So you can turn on the headlights kim's car and uh this reveals perforations that are kind of like your notches on your belt as a cop mm-hmm. um you've been on the force for 18 years you've closed over 200 cases and you have three confirmed kills uh yeah. and you can ask like that's actually a really uh, good number of cases that's well above average it puts you in the top like 90th percentile yeah
1: like you really were a super cop like you were the you know the the, the Mullins here
0: yeah
2: yeah
1: kim is impressed um, yep. you know, and you can, you, you can decide how to react to the, you know, to the idea that you have killed three people. Like, you can talk about that yeah. aspect of the job with Kim. Um, you can get into the clipboard itself. You find a couple of different things. You find two tickets to the zoo. Um, and you have a postcard. And this throws up a red alert specifically for the Empire, kind of your, um, uh, intuition skill, your instinct skill. Um, it says, do not read this. All of the skills that are trying to, um, you know, stop you from learning about this painful thing in your past, um, will, you know, urge you against it. But when you do read it, you see that it's, uh, it's from a woman. Um, it's this mm-hmm. love letter and you have options to stop. But if you keep going, you, uh, you black out.
0: Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, you black out. Kim revives you later, like you're mm-hmm. in the car, um, gives you back the ledger. Like he doesn't really know what's up with it, but this will be a continuing theme yeah. through the game. Like a, uh, someone did you dirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know probably sets you a little bit on this this not entirely like this game does not let you off the hook no, no like it's not like oh an evil woman turned you into a failure like this is a game where responsibility and being an absolute shipper with tons of failings is a big part of it mm-hmm. and it's not like easily explained yeah but when you think about your past uh, it is traumatic for you in a literal sense mm-hmm. um you know it it, uh, it hurts your hit points yes to do so
1: yeah like literally your heart. Is mm-hmm. uh, is damaged by it, um, and you can go in you, uh, when you figure out like how you cataloged your cases. Um, you can learn a little bit about some things that you've you know solved in the past. We don't have to go over all of these. What I really like is the fact that you, as you are reading them, you can make decisions about how they went.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep. And what kind of like surreal cases you've already done? Yes, which opens this game up to a nice prequel. It does. Wants to do that? Like yeah. I would do episodic prequels of all these cases. <laughs> Same. Yeah,
1: but like the square bullet hole murders. Like that's mm-hmm. never solved and like in at the end, you know, if you like if you pass this esprit de to check as it's doing the, you know, fade out over the city, like it'll, you know, you'll you'll get a little scene described to you of somebody loading a square bullet into a square chamber. Like I don't know, that's yeah. cool. I like that. Yeah, quite a cool bit.
0: surreal image. No. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, um there's a quest that's available here that you can do as you are talking with Kuno. Um, and you can do this if you are, you know, waiting for your compressor to get together. Uh, you can learn about Kuno's family.
0: This is a result of a pretty tall empathy check. Yeah. Um, this was the thing I kept putting points into.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you can do it here. Um, it's fairly unlikely. There are a lot of things you can do throughout the game that will make Kuno soften up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, different conversations you can have with him. Uh, that will make this more likely to open itself. Yeah, But uh, it is, uh, if you talk to him and you get his his background and kind of learn about him, um, you learn early on that his, uh, you know, it's not really Kuno, it's Kuno S. Yeah. Uh, who is kind of egging him on and making him a shit. Um, and getting him to open up without her reveals like a little bit about his home life. mm mm-hmm. um, You know, about his dad. Yeah. Uh, and he says like, oh, my dad has so much speed. If you can, he's the toughest guy in town. If you can uh, break into the place, I'll, I'll tell you where it is and we'll split the speed,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, yeah. uh, but there's a weird kind of like sad lionization of his father. Like, you know, that he's not a good person at this point, but he is like, yeah, my dad's fucking tough. Yeah. You know,
1: you know, and I avoided this for a little bit. Like this is, you know, I put this here earlier than I actually did it a because I wasn't interested in getting the speed. Um, and B, mm-hmm. I wasn't really interested in going up against the toughest person and, you know, all. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, And so I thought this was going to be a far different quest than it actually is. But like when you get into the bedroom or when you get into the apartment, you see what kind of squalor Kuno lives in. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's like a real kind of like recognition, <laughs> you know, for your character, for the cop, when he sees that Kuno's dad is this horrible sight, 60 years old, fat, passed out under a mountain of clothing that, you know, a lot of it is like stuck to him by bodily fluids. His eyes are open. He is so drunk. Um, and he's completely mm-hmm. non responsive. Like, this is not a yeah. person who is going to be a threat to anybody. The, you know, he's, the he's basically
0: turning into Master Willem <laughs> uh, at this point. Yeah, <laughs> but for alcohol.
1: <laughs> um, but there's nothing really to do, and even the score that Kuno talked about is just like a little bit of speed residue at the bottom of a of a vial. You know?
0: Yeah. Yep. Real, real big, uh, real big anticlimax. Yeah. You know, at this point, um, you know, when you get back to Kuno, you can give him the drugs uh, or not. Um, and the, your schools will say like, you can't fix Kuno. No. You know, uh, you can fix Kuno. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that next episode. Yeah. You can actually give this, this kid a good life. I did not do it, mm-hmm. but there is a way to do it, which is pretty great. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but he says basically, like, yeah, I'm going to become as tough as my dad. I'm going to follow in these uh, footsteps. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, real sad.
1: Yeah. Um, what you decide to do with the drugs will have a huge impact. Um, giving him the drugs will make him be very, very upset with you. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to give a kid drugs and the game even says, you know, if you betray Kuno's trust, that's irreparable. You're never going to go back. So,
0: yeah. Yep.
1: So he is left there throwing rocks at the corpse.
0: Yep. 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 Uh, I ended up becoming friends with him, but he was left there, uh, hanging out. Mm-hmm. I had my ending. I still have to do my alternate ending where uh, he gets saved. Yeah. Um, so uh, we go back to the. Uh, we can go back into Whirling and Rags, the hostel, um, and just kind of look around. At this point, like we're waiting for our shit to get compressed, and <laughs> we're still exploring the town. Yeah. Um, this is very overwhelming at first. Yeah. Uh, the town is actually not that big, but there are a lot of things to do in it. Very dense. Um, you know, again, in in modern CRPG. Ways. This reminds me a lot of Tides of Numenera.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: When you first get here, it's like, oh, there's a lot of very interesting people, Yeah, uh, you know, to walk around. Um, so just kind of like things that will pay off later. I mean, go talk to the cook uh, who's involved in like a little side quest, but you can't share, like, you don't speak the language. Mm-hmm. But the main thing you notice back here is this uh, big blue steel door. Yeah, um, It's locked. Uh, Gart, the uh, the Kickstarter portrait, does not have the key. Mm-hmm. Um, He's never been in there. So yeah. we cannot get up in there.
1: Yeah, it's a big mystery, um, and it's set up as a quest that never got resolved for me. Actually, none of the doors yep. in Whirling and Rags uh, opened up for me.
0: Yep, I, I think that uh, I don't know that you can actually open them up. I think that mm-hmm. you are just supposed to intuit what they're used for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when you have the false conclusion about the mystery.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so, right
0: out s- deniability. <laughs> of course. Sorry.
1: Um, outside of the hostel, there's this big traffic jam actually, you know, because of the strike, uh, all of these truck drivers, these lorry drivers, uh, I will probably never call them lorries again. Um, Mm -hmm. so please forgive me here, um, are stranded and you can talk to some of them. Like one of them seems like a pretty cool guy. Uh, there's another one who is just completely racist and he straight up like says a racist slogan to Kim who is coded as Asian coded as somebody who is not from here. Uh, obviously, this yeah. is a different world, but, um, you know, Kim presents the way that this truck driver is just openly treating him as lesser than. Um, and I tell him to he, go he, fuck he, himself.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I can't pretend to, like, racist. Nope. In a video game. I'm fooling myself that I'll ever do that as a role playing challenge. Nope. Uh, Kim Kim is, like, the, the land he's from is, uh, like, a combination, I think, of Japan and Korea. Japan, yeah. Japan, Seoul. Uh, something like that. The fact late. that he has
1: a French accent made me think he was coded as Vietnamese,
0: actually. It might be, it might be Korea and Vietnam. Yeah. It might be the, be the two, like the name of the, the areas has Seoul. Yeah. And yeah. like the uh, capital. of But, mm-hmm. um, so this guy's a piece of shit. He is actually a pathway towards uh getting some information that can be very useful and stop you from, you know, doing something immoral right. later. But I just, I had made an enemy of him and I wasn't tough enough to punch him in the face. So like, you know, this was, guy was close to me basically.
1: It was, it was pretty fun because like every check that you have after you tell him to go fuck himself, it has a, it has a, a negative modifier, uh, which is go fuck yourself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I did not have the right tact, uh, yeah. for this. We can also probably quickly dispense with the, um, the convenience store. Which is right outside? Yeah, screen, yeah. Fred, there's not a lot going on there. Yeah, Fred yeah. is is your shop. This is where you turn in your tear. You can buy a raincoat and you can buy uh, medicine and beer. Yes. Here, um, you can t- you can actually interview the clerk, but she's not super useful.
1: Yeah, just a bored uh, teen who is not invested in the yep. job. Yeah. Yep. Because they parachute really
0: not invest in the murder.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you can go back. Uh, you can, uh, by talking to Kuno again, learn that he is afraid of how unstable Kuno S is. Um, and you know, Kuno draws attention to this, you know, roofing material that is over against nearby building. This is actually hiding his little hideout, um, which is the back way into the, uh, the union space, like up into the docks.
0: Yeah. Uh, nobody can get up into the union because of the strike. Um, there are scabs out there waiting who are kind of yelling and agitating, who are mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, fishy. Mm-hmm. And if you go up and try to actually get into the, the union thing, they say, oh yeah, you can just walk in. You just have to get by uh measure mm-hmm. who is uh, a gigantic uh, beefcake <laughs> of a man yeah. who's staying there shirtless, uh, you know, kind of intimidating everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did not get this info from Kuno. I just went into the door. Oh yeah. Uh, just move, move the wood aside, yeah. um, to find his little, his little nest, uh, which allows you to go up onto the roof. Yeah. Um, and bypass as we mentioned. Mm-hmm.
1: You can pass the savoir Fair uh, check to, um, <laughs> to, to very gracefully jump from one level of the walkway to the other and grab your, uh, your cloak, like your, your policeman's mm-hmm. cloak that's up there. Um, it was re, I, that was, un- it was unlikely. That might have been a natural 12 that got me to succeed oh, at yeah. that. I had nothing in savoir Fair, so.
0: Failing it is really funny. Uh, you <laughs> run up to it and you stop at the last second. Nice. And you're just too scared. You take mental damage oh. from being scared of, like, falling. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you can walk around uh, through the shipping yard completely still. Again, work stoppage. Uh, you can talk to this uh, worker named Leo uh, who is very polite in a sing-songy way. He is actually mm-hmm. out here wrapping the uh, the green containers uh, covering them with, you know, with red wrapping to, you know, kind of signify, like, yeah, this isn't Wild Pines anymore. This is the unions. Um, yeah. And he gives you a couple of other, you know, details talking about the union. Like, oh, yeah, our leader is Everard, Everard Clare, uh and his brother Edgar, uh, who are mm-hmm. identical twins. And the only difference between them visually is uh, that one of them has a lazy eye.
0: Yep. Yep. This is also where you learn about uh, Miss Beaufort. Uh, Beaufort, mm-hmm. which is uh, Evart, uh, put her through school to become the union lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll meet her later. She's important. Yeah. Um, we can actually go in and talk to, to Evart now. Um, and this is a dialogue boss battle. Yep. <laughs> um, this is uh, he has you sit down in this chair that is incredibly uncomfortable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can die in um, this chair. You can have a heart attack because this, yep. the chair is bad. <laughs>
0: Yep, I, I definitely died in the chair. Mm-hmm. At this point, this was a bummer because I hadn't saved. The game doesn't auto save very often,
1: right?
3: Right. So I
0: had to go and do all of the stuff, uh, the check to get on top of the roof, oh, and talk to the uh, other guy again. So it's like you know, minor. Mm-hmm. They definitely should have saved when you entered this room. Yeah, you know?
1: probably before a big encounter like that would have been yeah. preferable. Yeah. Um, um
0: but, Evard is great. So good. I this is he is so slimy and uh-huh. you learn through like, if you know, if you have uh, the, the correct skills to learn about him, it's like he has the kind of gregariousness where you can no longer tell what is true and what's not Yeah, from him. Like he is so overwhelmingly and disingenuously friendly
2: mm-hmm.
0: that it is impossible to know Yeah, uh, what's happening. And he is power playing you left and right. Uh, one of my favorite jokes about it is he immediately gives you a bribe and it's in the form of a giant novelty check. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so you will be seen carrying it out of, of the thing from the union leader. Like, it, he does it so he shows the cops are on his payroll uh-huh. by having a big prices right, like. You know, novelty check. That is so fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, I love it so much. And I took it because I didn't know. I literally like did a role playing thing Uh because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight. Yeah. Like the, you know, the Gart told me I needed $20. I don't have it. I've been picking up change. Mm -hmm. It was before I found the tear bag. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I was just like, fuck, man, I, I guess I'll take it. Yeah. You know, like I need the money. Yeah. And you can try to give it to Gart directly and the disdain (laughs) and grow like just like disgust. He has for that is uh-huh. just an amazing moment of sorry cop shame. I like just absolutely incredible stuff.
1: I am so I am so happy that you did that because I turned it down. I was like, no, it probably doesn't. I don't know all of what's going on here, so it probably doesn't make sense to like throw myself in with you just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I turned it down because uh, I I didn't want to be I didn't want to owe anybody anything. I guess was my mm-hmm. was was my stance on it. That is really funny that it's a huge check.
0: It's really good. It's a, yeah. it's a very funny joke. You can talk to Kim about it, um, at some point, whether, like, is this a bribe? Mm. And, uh, he'll be like, well, no, we're actually allowed to take do- donations. We just have to document them. Oh, yeah. Um, so it is, it's a thing you can be nervous about having done it. And then once you, I don't know if this opens it up. But I was able to ask everybody for money in in like a bribe sense. Like Kim would get a little cranky, but I could just be like, do you have any money for me? (laughs) Uh, And I I didn't do it. Uh, But that is one of the things that unlocks the um, ultra liberal. Because when somebody asks you why you ask for money, you can be like, oh, no, I'm just always grinding. And if you say that enough times, then you become (laughs) a a libertarian money focused uh, monster.
1: What a nightmare. Yeah, what a nightmare! Um, like Everett's character is really great. Well, I, I like what they do setting him against Joyce, the Wild Pines representative, because mm-hmm. I am sympathetic. I you know have to have the union sympathy, um, you know, for this, but it is presented in such an unsavory and compromised way that like it just everything about it is as oily as possible. It's and, disgusting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, just like there 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 is going to be corruption in any organization of any size, right? Um, you know, especially a large union that eventually just becomes another kind of management, right? Um, and so you you deal with it and you have that dissonance and the dissonance is mirrored and echoed when you talk to Joyce who represents, you know, a monstrous force in the world but is personally, yeah. you know, affable in a very genuine way. Um, I just, I love that dichotomy between them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, he's power playing you. Like he keeps mentioning your lost gun. Yep. Uh, they has like he has a lot of intelligence on you, mm-hmm. and he also keeps insinuating he knows a lot about the hanging and he would like to help you. Yes, uh, and that happens a lot. Like characters say they know a lot uh, <laughs> to get you to do things in a way that again feels sophisticated because not everyone's being straight with you mm-hmm. because they're not all truth bots who say the king lives in the castle. Yes, um, you know, uh, so one of the things he says, you know, he keeps saying your name like you don't know your name during this. Um, you know, he keeps calling you Harry, uh, Mister Harry Dubois. Mm-hmm. And uh, this actually turns out is a version of your real name. Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk with Kim and kind of figure out how he might figure that out. And Kim guesses it's census records. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, how he did that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but he wants you to do him a favor, you know, He mm-hmm. says, yeah, I can tell you stuff. But really, I've got all these problems. It's really taken up by uh, taken up a lot of my time. You could resolve this um, and, uh, you know, go here and just just open this door. Just open somebody's yeah. door. Um, which is very clearly, you know, you, you, it's pretty easy to pass the check and realize, oh yeah, that's intimidation. There's somebody who they want to find their door open and understand that the union is after them or has their number.
0: Yeah, yeah. and the police work for the union, mm-hmm. you know, basically. Um, so you can you can kind of leave at this point. He confirms that the hanging had to do with the strike. Yeah, you know, which you could know because uh, you know it, he's pretending like he's giving you information, but it's all mm-hmm. stuff you already know. Right um and as you mentioned if you try to get in the other way you talk to Measurehead, who is the race scientist uh racist and if you say Mm -hmm. like hmm tell me more about the difference (laughs) comparative differences between races and he starts going into this whole thing about how there are alpha and beta races Mm -hmm. and then like lower level races and it's all really disgusting stuff yeah uh and you know when you have the option to go along with it to get in which is a way to get Get in, mm-hmm. I think, um, Kim will give you a side eye, which is my recipe to not, or, you know, my signal not to do anything.
1: Yeah. Kim is a good boy. So I'm compass.
0: not going <laughs> to, yeah, I'm not going to disappoint my, my good boy. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to pretend to be a racist. Well, no, it sucks. The, yeah. yeah game, <laughs> game definitely allows it. You can also like punch this guy, but he's incredibly tough. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that a future playthrough is I want to try playing like a body cop. mm mm-hmm. You know, who can actually go around like dispensing two fisted justice? Because um, <laughs> it was so, uh, so contrary to how I actually played, where like mm-hmm. stub toes almost killed me.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can decide uh, to go and do this task for the union. There is a way to do it without being compromised, you know, without technically mm-hmm. like gathering corruption points, but I did not really uh, figure that out uh, too much. Uh, but, yeah, you can actually, when you're leaving through the office, you can uh, go through some of the files um, <laughs> going in, uh, pass a volition check to overcome your boredom and, yeah. you know, learn a couple of uh, special things, uh, including the special whirling borscht. Um, this is a little yeah. side quest where you can find out that uh, the union has an agreement with uh, <laughs> with the cook at the Whirling and Rags to pour a bunch of vodka into the borscht, and you can go and like mess with the uh, the ratio of how much booze all yeah. of them are getting.
0: Yep, to either make them more ornery or cut it off. Right. Uh, and I'm boring, so I cut it off. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be noted, real quick, that this is not uh, his office. This is not Everett's office. It's the union office on the way back. Yes. Everett's not just like watching you look through his files.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you talk to one of the people at the front gates here, uh, somebody whose name is, you know, call me Manana. Um, And he gives Mm -hmm. you the door to the basement. Uh, This is out behind the greenhouse, back behind the whirling and rags. Um, Like, yeah, when they find the door open, they'll, you know, they'll understand what's up. Um, You can go and open the door and then leave. I think that doesn't compromise you. I was very curious. So I wanted to go inside. I'm happy that I did. This belongs to a character that you meet later. Um And it mm-hmm. helped me learn like what fascism is in this world, because this is the home of a big old racist
0: yep this is this is racist place and mm-hmm. i I went through even if you're just uh you know justifying this to yourself, this yeah. is very close to the crime scene, yes, um you know, and also I was not drowning in Leeds at this point, mm-hmm. you know, so I definitely looked through as well, yeah. um, stole their clothes, and uh found a set of mugs uh <laughs> missing one spot and having like racist caricatures of. All the different races except for the one I found. hmm Yeah. You know? uh, so that's that's no good. Um, when you return to Everett, he'll talk about the case. Um, you know, he says uh, Wild Pines sent three mercenaries to break up the strike. One of them got drunk and violent and suicidal. That's the victim. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says like, you know, that's basically all I can tell you unless you do another favor for me. Right. And he gives you another task, but he says, you know, you can go talk to one of my boys. They'll probably be in tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Titus and the Hardy boys. Yeah. His name is Titus Hardy. Yeah. Um, and I will talk to them and get them to be more cooperative, which gives you a bonus when you're doing the dialogue boss battles with Titus.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can pull rank on him. You've gone over his head. Um, yep. Yeah. He doesn't trust me enough to give me my gun yet. It's very funny because you can get the information without him. Um, he mm-hmm. is not holding as many cards as he has led you to believe.
0: Um, no, he's manipulating you.
1: Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, he, he alludes to what this next task is going to be. You know, we're, we're not going to be able to talk about this till the next episode, but they're trying to build a youth center in the fishing village nearby. Um, mm-hmm. and you need, you need to get some, uh, some signatures, but, uh, you know, somebody broke the canal lock. Um, whenever somebody yeah. did something that resulted in damage, it was you. Yeah. <laughs>
3: so, yeah.
0: which is a really, it's really nice to not like something that I, I, I think about a lot is outsmarting media. Yeah. Uh, and how I feel good that I don't generally have that instinct. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things I was thinking about with this was like, you know, at some point I knew it was always me,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but I did have one of the big ones I had. It was a surprise. Like I didn't put it together. Mm-hmm. So I got to feel along with my character, the, like creeping dread. Yeah. you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but he wants to go to the signatures. That's a little side quest. Um, you can't do that yet. You can't mm-hmm. get over there. The game really wisely uh, gives you one section of town at first and then opens up the other half.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, a couple of days later, game starts on a Monday Yeah, uh, and it'll be two more days. Yeah.
1: Um, so around this point, if you have decided to do the stuff that we had talked about, you, um, have more than gotten your shit together, at least enough to go mm-hmm. and make another run at inspecting the body. Um, there were other things that we intended to talk about, uh, this episode, like things you could possibly do on day one. Um, those will come next time, um, as yeah. we, uh, as we record here, but, uh, inspecting the body is a huge deal because you get, uh, very important information.
0: Yeah. You're, you're solving this crime. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's very important. Like the, this is super unstructured, like the order in which you do any of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh you know, this is not in any way uh prescriptive mm-hmm. the, in my playthrough. I didn't end up talking to the union boss until I was trying to get the body down. And oh, that's why that was my motivation to talk to the union boss. Mm-hmm. Um. So you get back to the tree. Um. You can see that there are footprints on the, the ground and you can learn about all the people that are here. Um, there are eight people, and you check their boots. Yeah. Um, and do some good ass detective shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this person was very light, is either a woman or a child. This one's mm-hmm. very heavy. This one, uh, boot has one sole of the shoe is more worn than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at this point, there's a really funny, uh, inside joke here where you can, uh, or Kim makes a joke about it being a drummer. Uh huh. Um, at this point, and you can go along with it, and then you can do a callback of that, like, days later. Oh, that's great. And to, in public to somebody, and then Kim takes responsibility for putting the idea in your head. Uh-huh. Uh, it's very funny to, like, embarrass him for daring not to be straight-laced with somebody who's amnesiac. Uh-huh. So...
1: Yeah, really god, just I just trying to think of like you know, technologically what you have to do to keep track of that and have it pay off. Yeah. The just the, the the level of difficulty that they of, of the task that they manage to do, keeping all of this stuff straight is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, it's it's a different kind of sophistication like as yeah. opposed to modeling physics or anything, it is modeling a really complex series of of boolean yeah like strings,
1: yeah, all of these dependencies I mean, to deliver oh. what is ultimately something that is not important, <laughs> like a callback, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's you know it, it i mean it's huge, you know it it tell you know it, it, it it's this canary that tells you everything is being kept track of,
0: yep say so the same thing with the uh the the apes duking it out, yeah, on the surface, like when my limbic system was telling me about that when I was passed out, I brought that up in the climax of the game,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and it, it it was not important, yeah. You know, up until that point. Yeah. So.
1: Very important. Um, I I made a guess that ultimately ended up being you know partly true. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. the 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 uneven shoes maybe belong to a driver. Um, we could mm-hmm. you know it's worth checking that out. Um, and this is where I passed the endurance check, uh, to get close to the body. It's hilarious when you th- when you throw up because it's the same animation every time.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: because I threw up like four times. I don't know <laughs> seeing that all seeing that all over again was very funny. Um but yeah, you get close and you can uh take a look. He was wearing uh conspicuously these um ceramic boots. This is part of a suit of basically power armor that he was wearing at the time of the murder um apparently. Yeah. Uh but it's been scavenged because it's very expensive. Um, and Kuno probably saw, uh, something about this, you know, probably saw or people trying it. to take stuff away. Oh yeah, of course.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's a little shit. You can also kind of start a little, like, I want those boots. Yep. Um, kind of thing. <laughs> I ended up getting the boots, uh, in this, which is not really worth it, but you can, you know, look at the boots and be like, I want that. Uh uh-huh. Um, and try to pull them off. Um, they are desiccated and fused to the body through like mung dripping <laughs> down. It's very disgusting. Yeah. Uh, no. um, you figure out, you see where he's hanging. Um, this industrial strapping, uh, this reinforced polyester, and you see that he has all these tattoos uh, on his corpse. Um, it looks like a star chart. Mm-hmm. There, uh, Kim has a Polaroid camera. It's called something different, but it's an instant camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can get that deciphered later. It becomes a piece of evidence you can inspect. Yeah. Um, in your inventory in this game, there's clothing, tools, things you can inspect, and then kind of miscellaneous. Yeah. Stuff you're just hanging around.
1: Yeah. Um, did you get this inland empire check to interrogate the body?
0: Um, I did. I did talk to the body. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, like you can talk to it, like you can go into this mind space and he says, you know, I was a joke and a motherfucker just like you. Um, which, you know, ultimately ends up being pretty true. And he asks why you're doing this. Um, and one of your options, you know, when you're talking to them is to say, because something is coming, this is what got me on the, um, on the cop of the apocalypse track, the shivers. I just, I love this. Uh, the, what, what shiver says something is on its way, something hidden. It's coming a miracle from the Northwest. And it's almost here. You can feel it in the air on your hands, the cold spring air, smoothing them over. Yeah. <laughs> Good shit.
0: It's weird. There were like a lot of options to just say that doom was coming, mm-hmm. uh, but I did not see anything that evidenced doom. Yeah, and I kept thinking that it was something that was like, oh, okay, that's what the game's really going to be about.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, there's going to be uh, like a Night in the Woods-esque, you know, apocalypse thing. Yeah, in the in the offing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you more or less like there is the climate change metaphor, mm-hmm. uh, thing that is the supernatural threat. Yeah, but you more or less will it into existence. Yes. You know, the, again, when you talk about Torment or, you know, and bringing up Torment in this, mm-hmm. like this is like a, a game that is made entirely of a Don yeah. from Torment. Like there's a name you can claim as your name and it becomes your name if you just say it enough. Like people mm-hmm. start believing that to you. Yeah. Same thing with this. Like saying like, hey, some doom is coming
1: mm-hmm.
0: makes it so people you can start talking about that and makes people believe doom is coming.
1: Yeah. You know, when, when I, my concept of the doom, when I started talking about these things was basically more of a societal thing because we were existing kind of like in the collapse of all these systems that did not work, you know, Mm. and ultimately it became, as I leaned more into it, it became about that metaphysical kind of deterioration.
0: Yeah. It's not, it's not a, a role-playing thing. It's weird. It's like, it's referring to something specifically that comes in pretty late mm-hmm. to the game. Like you can learn about it a yeah. little bit uh, early on from the bookstore, but you don't actually get an idea of it for quite a while.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, um, one of the things you can learn yeah. is that, you know, by talking to this, that the, uh, the, uh, the victim was sexually aroused at the time of death. Um, and yeah. you can actually order uh, a test. Like you can get a semen analysis to figure out like, what was the deal with that?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you have to get the body down. You've done all the things you can do while it's up. <clears> um, you look at the the buckle and you can say, we can shoot this down. Um, Kim tries and he misses Kim is a really bad shot. He's incredibly Mm -hmm. nearsighted. Yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) and like people who wear glasses are discriminated against in this. They're called binoculars, something like that. Um, you know, and Kim wears very thick glasses. Um, he, he only like barely passes like his firearms exams. Um, and you can choose to make a shot yourself even with your DTs. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, yep.
3: It's, I a, made it's a happen. hand-eye
0: coordination test. Yeah, no, I, I did not hit the uh, hit the buckle. That's why I had to go talk to the union. Mm. Um, the union will get them down for you. Uh, yeah. They send a measure head to go do it. Yeah. Um. But if you shoot it, that's how you learn about high fives, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. East is high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You get the idea for East is high. Yeah. Um. So are just thinking about high fives. <laughs> yeah. Um. When. It, when it falls, you can you can check in on the body and still talk it. And you say, like, what killed you? And he says, communism pulled the – he's like, love killed me, but communism pulled the trigger.
1: It was, love did me in, but communism killed me. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, which will pay off later. Yep. Um, and you can kind of talk to Kim about this case. Um, I, you know, I had done this earlier but learned that we're from different precincts. Um, they're basically having a pissing match. Yeah. You know, uh, they sent two cops basically, you know, to, to companions of Xanthus. Um, and, uh, we do a field autopsy and I am so in the pocket for like procedural shit like this. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like cops in real life. I understand it's a bad cultural moment for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, procedurals though are still really interesting to me.
3: Yeah. And
0: I I really, really like this kind of Sherlock Holmes intuiting past events from physics Mm -hmm. kind of things. Yeah.
1: It's like, sure. it's like, you know, it's watching people solve a puzzle in real time. And like, what's great about this instance here is there is incomplete information that you have to commit to, you know, you know if you fail the checks because the form needs to be filled out and the body needs yeah. to be processed. So, yeah. you know, you can identify if you don't pass a particular check, uh, the wrong cause of death for this, specifically because of the, um, uh, the marks that the strapping left.
0: Yeah. Yep. Mm. And there's a lot of like little bits here that will also pay off. Um, mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, so the way that the scene happens is Kim is doing the autopsy and I'm, he's dictating mm-hmm. to me. Uh, so like one of the things is Kim guesses the age and he says 50. And I had a check that I was like, he's not that old. Like, that's just what it looks like when you party hard. Yeah, yeah. So I wrote, despite Kim, I wrote a lower age and it turned out I nailed it. Like I mm-hmm. knew exactly it. And then later there's this incredibly poignant echo when I find out my actual age and it's mm-hmm. the same thing, like I look yeah. incredibly old, but I'm not as old as I think I am. There's more time left. Like yeah. I am not as lost to cause as I thought. God, like, that, that was that so incredibly chills. resonant and good. Yeah. yeah. It was I, so fucking like, what a joyous moment. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not as old as you think you are. Stay in execution, kind- old man. Yeah. Yeah. What a kindness, you yeah. know, uh, just, uh, and just having the, uh, having a mirror with me in this victim. Cause there are a yeah. lot of, similarities between mm-hmm. you and this victim um and specifically me kind of going to bat yeah for you know for the victim and that ended up being a theme throughout solving this entire murder yeah you know it <laughs> was like just a little bit going to bat for this guy mm-hmm. like this person not being the scumbag that he seems like ended up being really really uh emotionally resonant to me
1: yeah you you mentioning that line about how you have time i'm not being dramatic i got i got goosebumps on my arms thinking about that it's again. really good it's so it's effective really,
0: yeah, it's one of my favorite moments in the game. Like, yeah. um, and, ju- and just because it's it's this little, little tiny dot of good, you know, just absolute hope, mm-hmm. you know, because ultimately, again, this very hopeful game, like that's where when I compare it to Vonnegut, that's what I'm getting. That's mm-hmm. The writing style is not very Kurt Vonnegut-like. Right. It is more about the belief in the inherent goodness and kindness of people and that yeah. that is the greatest good you can strive for. Yes, um, And that that is at the heart of this game in a way that like is just incredibly my alley yeah um this autopsy scene is great um i ended up learning a lot i did not actually find the specific cause of death but i also said you know we cannot tag and bag him Mm -hmm. um so i ended up putting him in the freezer in the basement of the uh commercial brace uh district so i could look at him later
1: oh i didn't get down there that early um, so I never yeah. found the freezer. I, <laughs> I was like a jackass. I went into the whirling and rags and like, no, you're not going to keep that body next to our food. And then I went, <laughs> and then they said, go check with Frit. And I went to Frit and their freezer is like just a small little ice cream freezer. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not going to hold a body.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there is an appropriate freezer for it, but a lot of things can change based on the order. Yeah. Uh, you do them when you uh, eventually do send the body away, you can do it now or you can do it later. Um, Kim will be gone for the day. Mm hmm. Um, that's a really interesting thing too. Like there are things you might want to do without Kim there and things you have to do with Kim there. So you have to Mm -hmm. kind of manage when he's not around. Yeah. Um, I loved Kim so much that I waited until the end of a day to send him away when I had nothing on my docket that I needed him for. Um, but this, for me, I, this was, uh, when I did this, which was on day two is when Mm -hmm. I got the body down. Um, I went and took it to the uh, basement freezer.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. um, there's a check for the real cause of death. The, this person, you mm-hmm. like any good murder mystery, um, died in a, in a different way than was apparent. Uh, we'll talk about mm-hmm. what that actually was, um, uh, next episode, uh, when we get there, because the front of this is very important. Um, yeah. I think this is like, this is how I ended my first day. I was real eye- eyes on the prize pretty much, uh, for getting this. We should probably say like time, you know, time does not pass when you're walking around. It only passes when you're interacting with things or talking with, talking with them
0: and and time really matters. Yeah. Uh, people go to bed. Um it takes time obviously for the thought cabinet. Mm-hmm. And people will be around at certain times. Like people uh you know, as we mentioned uh the union guys don't show up to the whirling and rags until Tuesday. Right. Um so you can't really pursue that just yet. Right. Um you know, you can see the area where they where they hang out, but they they don't actually show up there until later.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: So what's um, on the first day? Yeah
0: yeah uh so i went and I tried to cash that giant check and uh he laughed me out of the place and I had to go cash it at the convenience store okay um to to pay for uh my my lodgings for the night mm-hmm. um there's a there's a nice uh, little i write about this you've got this is how you you did it the first night um but Kim will uh pawn uh some things that he compensa- uh, confiscated mm-hmm. for his car yeah and uh our boy kim loves machines
1: mm-hmm uh and specifically like his his wagon his motor carriage is his pride and joy um and mm-hmm. it's very fun that even though he is incredibly straight laced, he does have this you know high, like he did commit this kind of corrupt act he you know he arrested this uh politician's extremely high son who was driving under the, under the influence um and he confiscated these spinning rims um (laughs) and he was going to put you know he 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 was like mm, trying to decide if he wanted to put it on like put them on and you can even like you know you can ask him like hey you know or you can say i'm real sorry that you had to pawn these things that you really liked He's like yeah i don't know what i was thinking it would be ridiculous to have those ostentatious things on a cop car but it was nice Mm to you know entertain it for a while it was a very you know it was a very humanizing moment for Kim, you know, kind of early on in the game for me.
0: It's also a thing where I think he's lying about not feeling bad about it. Oh, yeah. Like, he would have liked to have done it. Yeah. You know, like, he's, uh like, between uh, a spirit decor and uh, empathy, like, you basically read Kim's mind. Yes. All of the time. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that he plays up that image uh-huh. of, you know, being more straight-laced. Like, he is in conflict with himself. Yeah. Which is part of why he's such a good... Good character.
1: Yeah. Um, but to get the money, you have to go to the pawn shop. Uh, you could have come here earlier if you were trying to raise money just by selling, you know, uh, things that you might have found. You can't sell as much as you think. Um, mm-hmm. But um, when you're there and you get the money, you can also ask the uh, the pawn shop owner, uh, Bird's Nest Roy, uh, who is standing in his bulletproof chamber high on drugs and vibing out to projections that are, uh, that yes. are happening on the screen or on his walls in the shop there. Um, he, uh, you know, he tells you, yeah, you came in and I didn't want to buy the gun. Uh, and when, when I wouldn't take it, you sucked on the barrel until I did. You psychopath. Um, (laughs) so the only information that we have about the buyer, you know, it moved pretty quick. Uh, it was a woman, um, and she called herself a pig, which made me think that it might've been Kuno S actually. Um, Mm -hmm it's not uh but uh you know later on everard's men came by and asked about it like oh they don't know where it is either <laughs> so yeah. i don't need to work with them to get the gun that's good to
0: know yeah they they i think that when i talked to Everett, um he said he was looking for it not that mm. he had it um but he had leads and stuff yeah um so i actually again i don't know the the the, the pathway towards getting getting the gun did not get the gun yeah. um got other guns instead hmm. um the, uh, so you can sell, we talk about selling things just, you know, real quick in due diligence. Um, the thing I wanted to be able to sell was clothes, but he won't buy clothes. Nope. Um, the safe thing to sell is postcards. Mm-hmm. Um, postcards are just flavor. Yeah. So everything else has a use though. So mm-hmm. if you, uh, didn't listen to our advice and you're still planning to play the game, sell postcards. Yes. Um, you made a plan when you talked to Kim. When you talked about your memory, he says, "Well, maybe we should debrief the case at the end of the day." Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you get to the end of the day, before you go to bed, he gets a he gets a neighbor room to you mm-hmm. uh, in the Whirling and Rags, and you go out on the balcony where he has his daily cigarette and uh, talks about the case and you know the police.
1: I love what electrochemistry says about his daily cigarette, um, saying like, "Oh, it would be so much easier for, for him just to not smoke." Like it yeah. takes a huge amount of willpower to just have one every day. Um, yeah, <laughs> that kind of becomes,
0: masochism is pretty good for his character his yeah. characterization.
1: It becomes very important. There's a there's a good payoff for that later on uh, that highlights yeah. uh, a particular a particular moment in the story. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, you can get a rundown basically on what the RCM is, this Ravishol C- Citizens Militia, uh, mostly about the limitations of your power. Mm-hmm. And what you can do, like, really, all that you have the ability to do is impose fines on people, um, you know, out here and then direct cases, uh, to judicial. Um, and it is really contested whether the citizens of Ravishol, um, imbued you with this power or whether it was imposed on the citizens here by the coalition government that Basically reformed uh, this country after the revolution was squashed.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is also where we can learn about Dolores Day, yep. uh, who is this kind of uh, thinker, is this, this uh, almost like, you know, DFI or actually deified. There are churches yep. uh, to her as this kind of humanist uh, deity. Um, mm-hmm. There'll be a lot of uh, payoff for that later. Yeah. Um, this is where we learn that Kim used to fully subscribe to moral Intern. Yes. And now he doesn't really see it. Mm-hmm. Um, he believes in the police. He believes in trying to help people, but not in the actual systems around it.
1: Yes. Um, oh. Yeah. And Kim says yeah, you can talk, like you know, frankly about the situation here in Revishol. You know, like that this is kind of just a corner of the town that nobody really wanted to take responsibility for. Again, he called it a puddle at the end of the drain pipe, um, and you can basically get him to say, like, yeah, we, you know, we failed. We failed this place. Uh, by not coming here, you know, we left this orphaned and at this point he says, you know, I still believe in the system, even though it led to this outcome.
0: Yeah. Um, you need to choose when you want to go to sleep, uh, very mercifully. The clock stops at 2am. Yeah. So you can't, uh, if you want to read or do anything like that, it's a good time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you also always wake up at the same time. Yeah. Uh, regardless, cause you don't, you know, spoiler, you don't sleep very well. <laughs> um, uh, just in general, but you definitely don't this first night, no. um, where you have this nightmare sequence, uh, where you walk into the hostel where the man is hanging, but instead of, uh, hanging, you know, the hanging corpse, it's a hanging you. And there's a disco ball mm-hmm. over it. It's like this brilliant, surreal image Yeah, uh, where you argue with the dead version of yourself. Yes. Um, basically a huge self pity party.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, she's yeah. gone, your friends are gone. You know, this is a new kind of hangover. This isn't just the regular kind. You know, it's time to go work in the shit factory.
0: Yep. Uh, and that's like roughly where we're going to leave it uh, mm-hmm. today. I'm getting the anxiety that I get from Watch Out for Fireballs when I know we're not covering everything. Yeah. Because it's a big, complicated game. Like, for example, uh, when you're shooting down the body, you can point the gun at Kuno S.
1: And get a non-standard game uh, over.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, there are like 18 non-standard game overs of this, like where mm-hmm. you kill a kid and it's like, well... You,
1: you don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah.
0: Um, even if you know, even if she's the worst, <laughs> you know, you don't, uh, you don't kill her. Um, just all these little things that we miss. So we're going to try yeah. to hit as much as we can mm-hmm. um, with our with our one playthrough each. Yeah. Uh, and the next episode will be likely pretty spicy, and we'll be talking about the rest of the game. Hopefully, hopefully, um, we will see. What we get through, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's big. It's big, and you know, it, 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 the motivation to be complete is not just for completeness' sake. There, uh, all of this is very good. It's hard for yeah. me to think of, you know, something that I would feel comfortable completely omitting um, because yes. it, it's integrated, it works in service, and it paints a larger picture. Um, that I kind of just want to soak in because this is a truly remarkable
2: game.
0: Yeah, same. Like, there are things that I didn't do. I tend to like these games most in the act of playing yeah. when I don't try to see everything. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm just kind of like, I want to roleplay it and what happens happens. That's the yeah. story.
1: I don't want to run down um, a list. Uh,
0: yep, yeah, I think that's the way to play it. But now that I've gotten through it and it's it's been sitting with me now mm-hmm. for like a week and a half, um, I really want to see the stuff I didn't see. Yeah. Uh so I'm gonna go through with some some autosaves and play forward at a couple points. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with that, there's stuff we're gonna miss. Like there might be interesting stuff if you go down the race science path. Yeah. Not for me to know. <laughs> who's in the audience of this game who's like, Yeah, there are races that are better than others. <laughs> there are A grade races and B grade races. This makes oh. sense. I don't know who's doing that. Mm-hmm. Um somebody. Yeah. You know, but not me. And uh, so there will be some things we miss, but we're going to try to do our best. Yeah. Um, this game could literally probably be a Bonfireside chat ask like, series yeah. if we wanted it to be. Like, we could do six episodes on this. Absolutely. You know? Maybe not six three-hour-long episodes, but six mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. So.
1: Yep. So um, if you're playing along, you know, again, we, acc- we encourage you to experience all of this for yourself. Um, but uh, hopefully our analysis is bringing, uh, you know bringing some light to you, um, mm-hmm. showing some yeah. of the stuff and maybe, a maybe a, a way you didn't see it before. So yeah. yeah. Um, next. if you have comments, yes. If you have uh, comments about yeah. this game, uh, you have until the 15th.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, uh, also if you have comments about devil may cry, mm-hmm. will it be as narratively rich? Time will tell. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And that's the, uh, the 15th as always 15th of August. That's mm-hmm. our premium episode. Um, that will be uh, just there for patrons. If you'd like to join us, which we strongly encourage you to do, mm-hmm. you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeed.tv and uh, just kick us some money. Five huh. bucks gives you a bunch of old episodes, uh, early release, a bunch of just full shows. We think you get a lot Yes, uh, for that five, you know, $1.25 per week.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so go check it out. See what is on offer. Uh, if you have thoughts about September's games, which are Lords of Magic, the special edition, um, Plants versus Zombies, or, drum roll, please, God of War 2018. There we go. I forgot what the mm-hmm. third one was. Uh, uh, the deadline there is uh, the 15th of, of September. Uh, and th- please write those in at slash contact. If you have thoughts about multiple games, uh, please separate them. It makes it much easier for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts are very appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people came out in force uh, to do that recently, and that's very nice of you. Yes, like thank it. you. Um, yeah, uh, DuckFest 2 audio will come out at some point. Yes. Stay tuned for announcements.
1: Yeah, the plan is to have it out this week.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's probably about it. think so. Yeah. Uh, so until next time, what should people watch out for? Uh, watch out for the shit factory. Yeah. Lizard brain. Mm. not on your side.
1: No oblivion.